I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gang. And his NB. Episode number 75. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB, the podcast where we talk about everything that we are watching on television this week. And we have got a great set of shows this week for you to turn into. Uh, before we get into everything that we're going to be talking about, we have the housekeeping notes that we always have to get out of the way right off the bat. The first being, uh, wherever you're listening to us, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, uh, wherever you listen to your uh, bevy of podcasts, if you can take the moment right now and go leave a rating and a review wherever you listen, um, it's so helpful to us in the sense that it helps us get into the algorithm, helps us get seen by more and more people, and it also gives us a lot of really necessary feedback that we love to get. We always love hearing from you guys. So if you can take that time right now, go leave that rating and a review. It would be very, very much appreciated. Uh, you can also follow us on social media, all at a gay and his NB. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and threads. We're posting new content every day, including clips from the podcast, as well as some of our instant thoughts of things that we're watching. Um, so if you want a little bit more of a gay and his NB beyond this podcast, that's where you can go check us out all at a gay and his NB. You can also go get merchandise from us over at againisnb.threadless.com where we have a variety of different designs you can get on t-shirts and mugs and stickers. We do have a new design uh, that we just put up this week uh, for our big Salt Lake City fans who loved uh, the finale. If you love receipts, proof timeline screenshots you can get a t-shirt with exactly just that um over at a game is nb.threadless.com and last but not least if you have any questions for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast be sure to submit that either to the social media accounts that i mentioned or at a game is nb at gmail.com leave your name leave your question and we may answer it on a future episode babe what are we talking about on this episode 75 75 episodes that's crazy we were that, just that is wild it, it's been an insane experience doing this podcast and you know we, we we've been great it's been just nice that enough people listen to us and care about what, what we have to say for 75 episodes worth so we're just really appreciative and really thankful so but anyways what are we talking about this week um, well, we're going to be talking the finale of Ultimate Girls Trip, Roni Legacy. Sad to see our ladies go. Uh, but, you know, I just, I really enjoyed this season. It was really good. It was good to see these ladies again, um, most of them. Um, I could have <laughs> given or taken Kelly Ben Simone. Um, but, you know. We'll get to it. I liked Kelly this episode, but. Uh, this episode, sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also going to be talking about um, Married to Medicine. It's been a while since we've gotten to talk about Married to Medicine. It's been off for several weeks. Yeah, we got in a good break. So, but yeah, it's great to see you know them back and like yeah, it's it, it's it's a great lineup of stuff. Yes, uh, but before we get to any of that. Let's talk about Drag Race. We haven't started off with episode with Drag Race in a good while. Like, and and it's been it has felt like a good. I mean, obviously with all the other friends, we we watched like Canada and UK, like we mentioned. Can I also say a quick note offhand? Um, the last time we talked about Canada's Drag Race, I said it was on part like on the path to be like one of the worst seasons ever. Completely flipped, by the way. It's oh, not yeah. one of the best. Um, we'll maybe talk about that at some later date. But like... Well, we'll probably talk about it next week when the finale Oh, that's happens. right. Next week's the fucking finale. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. It's going by quick. But no, so new U.S. season of Drag Race, season 16. Wow. Uh, yeah. If, if, I've missed U.S. Drag Race for a yes. good bit. And this episode re- like got me excited again, I would say, in many regards. Any, I mean, Drag Race, I think we've talked about it before that Drag Race is kind of at a point where it's like even the worst season is still good yeah and they they 
have been trying for a while, trying too hard to implement these weird twists that don't make sense and they just screw things up. Mm-hmm. But this whole uh, Rita bitch, I mean, uh, Rita queen twist <laughs> this season, I love this. I mean, they ju- literally just stole it from the circle. But uh, which, fine. I'm like, totally cool with. Like, graphics and all stole it from <laughs> literally the Literally just changed it from a circle to a triangle, triangle. and it's the same thing. I, I'm, my... I'll, we'll get into it maybe later. I, I, the jury is out for me on what I think about this twist. Like, I think for this first episode, it worked fine because of how things like sort of played out. But I'm, I think it'll get messy when we have all the queens there, right? Yeah. So they did do another split premiere, which I think is a is the best way to go about it. Like I agree. You, you get a better sense of all the queens. Mm-hmm. No one really gets lost in the shuffle that much. Um, so yeah, they're doing seven this episode and the next week we'll get the other seven. Um, let's go, I guess we'll just go through people as they came into the workroom and sort of our initial thoughts. Um, the first to enter the workroom is Q from Kansas City, Missouri. Love her. Love her. Anytime, someone, I think it was Bob said, Bob Drek, I, and yes, we're going to do the annoying drag race trip where we compare Queens. It's just, it's inevitable when you have 16 seasons of people and right. like, drag becomes so like well we have 16 of us plus we have four of canada plus we have what four of uk i think yeah so it's like like of just the ones we're watching there's a metric fuck ton of famous drag queens right there's gonna be overlap sorry does that mean that these queens are not unique and don't bring something amazing that is just them to the table absolutely not but there's only so many ways you can do your makeup, okay? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and when it's kind of a little... I mean, there's the drag face. Like, it's like, right. you know... That was my Popularized worry... Popularized by Raven. Yeah. That was my <laughs> worry going into this season. There were a lot of, like... It takes me any... Like, any new season, it takes me a second to, like, get people's names and sort of, like, you know, link somebody's face to them and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, this one particularly, I was when I was looking at the promo shoots, I'm like, oh, God, who is who and, like, what? Right. Like, and, like, but I think I, I, it'll, it'll just take some time. But that's also one of the benefits of having the split premiere is right. that we get more focused time. On just these first seven queens. Yeah. And, and I was going to mention, though, like, Bob had said that she kind of looks like um, April Carrion in a way. Like, in drag. Okay. Like, especially, I see that. Especially here on her, like, entrance. She had the big green. Uh, and also, she makes all of her looks herself, apparently. Which Stunning. I, one is going to, is gonna I think, endear you in a lot of ways in terms of judging. But also, like, with the way the budget is on, on Drag Race nowadays, like, good for you to, like, you know... Not yeah. have to like pay a designer to like do yeah. all this extra shit. Um, yeah. Um, then we had a tsunami muse uh, come in. She is of the candy muse family. Um, I thought she, here's the thing. I think she's very pretty. I think she's gorgeous. I didn't get the biggest like. I think she faded a little bit this episode. Yes. In terms of like compared to other personalities, which really just doesn't bode well for when the cast doubles. Right. Yeah. It's kind of the thing where well. Not to spoil it, but like Tsunami kind of gets a break in the sense that it's not an elimination this week and that, right. you know. But I was like, okay, but you got to really sort of step it up. She has sort of, I mean, she, and it was kind of like when she was like listing her assets, I'm like, yeah, like you are fierce, like you have a great look, like your walk is great, but it's like. But this entrance look, I didn't think was super great. Like the, 
it just seemed like the shoulders were fabulous. Yeah. Loved that. The cape aspect was great. Right. Or like the train thing, whatever. Uh, but I just felt like you could have done something with that middle piece corset vest thing to make it stand out instead of just making it plain. Like it just didn't, it, it didn't go there. Yeah. It just was, and I think it was a little muted. I think yeah. in, in many regards, um, she. But she does seem like catty and fun. I love her telling yeah. Q, like, are there? Hopefully, there won't be any more TikTok queens this season, <laughs> right? Which it's like good, you know, getting a jab in there. I think she's gonna be. A, she says she's the nicer version of Candy. Like she's not gonna be the same, like you know, drama, you know, bringer. Which maybe, but I mean, also, I feel like you can tend to then. That could lean to you then being more muted, like I mentioned. Right. Um, then we have uh, a mandatory meeting from Los Angeles. Stunning name. Stunning name. I love the walk-in <laughs> look. The it, walk-in look was fabulous. It's not to bad. Me. It's 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 serviceable, I would say. Well, and it, the thing is, is that with a name like a mandatory meeting, you kind of have to do like an office type of sure. Look. You know, like executive realness type thing. But, you know, she's also slutty, so she made it slutty. Fine. Yeah. Like, so it made sense. And I got, like, the walk-in look should give me a picture into who you are. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I got that here. So, to me, that's a success. Yeah. Um, The only thing was the... I was going to say, a lot of people were pointing out about the the breastplate and how it kind of, like, bunched under the neck and that, which was, like... I, yeah. And also, this is the episode where she just gets dragged. Every, like, two minutes, someone in this cast is dragging her. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Like, I think you're, posi- whether you're consciously doing it or not, you're definitely positioning her to be, like, the, like, sympathetic character on the show because it's like, yeah, she's a little busted, but it's like, my God, you guys are more than willing to point it out any chance you can get. But see, I don't think she's that busted. The thing is, no, is that but- the the runway look did not do her favors because she's not familiar with doing the the alien color skin type thing. Right. So it was splotchy. But her makeup on her entrance look was flawless. Yeah. I- so like some people were pointing like the her eyes are like really close together and sure. like, for some reason and it gets brought up later she actually has really great bone structure out of drag and like has like i think if she just adjusted a few things but i think again you can fix that on drag race right like one of the, like that's the one thing it's like you can f- get but be- you can improve on your makeup skills throughout the process you can't really like get new clothes get right. new whatever because there's no way you're gonna just go okay well i'm gonna scrap my entire wardrobe that i spent ten thousand dollars on and i'm just gonna make stuff out of the wall of fabric right like the- that's not gonna happen well you don't have time for it yeah you yeah. simply don't have time you're, you're doing two episodes a week? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, then we had Morphine Love Dion uh, from Miami, who I is going to be, I feel like she's going to be the bitchy one of the season. Like, oh, yes. From the early goings. I love her, the fact that she is just fully beat out of drag and like. Oh, yeah. And not just beat, but like plumped and like, yeah. Well, and she's the, she's the one that's got the BBL. 
right? She talks <laughs> about having a BBL, but then she also talks about it being natural but on the she, runway. I did like how she clarified in the judging later. It's like, I mean, it is my fat. It's like, just redistributed. It's, yeah. Work, bitch. <laughs> and did Rue say that it's like it was in the witness protection program? That was a good line. But also, wasn't she the one that was like, yeah, I live with my parents and they don't know I do drag? Oh, my. It's okay. like, how? Uh, bitch, it, where? With that face? <laughs> with that ass? Yeah. How? Yeah. How did you explain getting a BBL? <laughs> explain that to me. Sure. Maybe they know they're gay. Well, Maybe, but, but the, the fine, but like not every gay guy goes out and gets a BBL. Sure. Like <laughs> there's a reason. Why are we doing this? Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I really like her in the early going. She seems, and she, she was particularly the one like always coming for Amanda in like the, the reads and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, then we had, uh, Mirage from Las Vegas who I, lo- I really liked her. There's Bitch some- work. There was something that I really like just aesthetically like latched on to. She is in the Anitra family in Las Vegas. I don't know their like direct family connection. But I don't, I don't know. Do they have a name for their family? I don't remember. Okay. Um, but you, I mean, you can kind of honestly kind of tell like by the makeup and sort of, well, like, she mentions her in her, her song. Her song. Or- but like, and I and I really like this entrance look. This like sort of like you know not scene kid like, but it was like it was like nineties mall brat stuck in a blender, and it was great. But also whore. Like I love. Yes, I realize the aesthetic I really love on Drag Race nowadays is like whore. Like yeah. it's like you know. It's like, yeah, I have, like, too many bracelets and I'm, like, that kitschy, like, sort of, uh-huh. like you said, 90s vibe. But, like, also I'll, like, suck your dick. Like, that's the, yeah. that's the essence she's giving It off. was very much giving me, you know, the redhead off of Clueless? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, she was also, like, the uh, RA when Sabrina the Teenage Witch went to college. <laughs> sure. I cannot tell you the actress's name. I but. cannot tell you her name, but you know who she is. Yes. Um... That's what it's giving me, like with the the uh, Sailor Moon ball things on top of her head. Mm-hmm. Love it, absolutely yeah. love it. And then the heel clacking and the. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll that get was... to it. That was so fucking good. Um, then we had uh, Safira Crystal, who I think is my favorite to win of the early goings, at least of this first set. Yeah. She has so much charisma and like, (laughs) I didn't really get her sort of intro, (laughs) like walking into the workroom with the, like the scary, like ghost, like sound effects in the background. Um, but this look was fabulous. The giant blue feather, Mm -hmm. like you can tell it's just extravagant. Like that's what she loves. Well, and it seems like we're going to get from her, the blue version of what, um. Oh God, what's her name? No, oh, great. Not, no, there's only 200 people. Okay, it's she was on with uh, Brooklyn. She does the purple, purple. Oh, Raja, Raja. Yeah, Raja. Um, it, because she makes all of her own stuff, and it's all that purple, right? It's, sure. She has a color scheme, and she sticks with it. Yeah. Safira does the same thing, although I don't know that she makes all of her own stuff. Yeah. But she is sticking with that royal blue, that sapphire, gorgeous blue. Um, 
and I'm here for it. Like if she sticks with that color, and it's an exact color. It's not just any blue. It's that specific sapphire blue. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. Um, and then finally we had Dawn from New York. Who, I feel so pussy. You've been, you've been literally quoting it so much this last it's week. It's so good. It's really funny. <laughs> um, I like, I really like this sort of like almost like wood nymph. Like, yes. you know, here's the thing. I think there's that trend now. Like, I think it was either tsunami or somebody else like was like, she definitely feels that like sort of like I'm goofy. I'm weird. Sort of like, right. you know, archetype on this show and that does tend to be an archetype nowadays i was like i you can look at her and go like oh i see things of like willow pill i see like a little like crystal method sort mm-hmm. of like vibe i do i do like that by the end you sort of get her like get her aesthetic in terms of like what her thought process is and it's not just like i'm being weird just to be weird yeah and that i think is an important sort of uh differential um, Rue comes into the workroom at, also in a like dressed like a fucking conductor. Like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Thomas the train engine <laughs> realness bullshit. For, I just like for a, for a first day, like that's for like a random day of the you know season when you've like given up or whatever, and you're just like, I'll just do this to be weird. But like, and she no. makes a joke about running a train later, and it's like, girl, <laughs> yeah, of course you have to. Um, she introduces uh, herself to everyone, obviously. Um, and basically t- tells them, you know, oh, the prize is $200,000 this year, obviously, which like, uh, I mean, I think that's fair. Like nowadays with like how much, again, how much gets put into like going. Right. Race. Hasn't it been 200 for a couple seasons now? It was, oh, maybe it was last season. I mean, yeah, it was last season because Willow's season was the first they, they made it 200,000, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, then she basically says you have, we're going to start with your fo- first photo shoot of the season. What was the choice with this photo shoot? I was so confused. I don't know. Why they, like, I, I think there, you would go with the, like, oh, you were going to, at least, even if you're not going to, like, dunk them in water or do something, like, possibly, like, dangerous, like, you're going to, like, make them look stupid, right? You're going to throw something in the, like, um, shoot confetti or something. She just had to, you just have to basically walk up to Rue's porch. They had like a. Right, a uh, ring camera. And, and pose in front of a ring camera. Which also is just like, I guess the, I get maybe the challenge is that a ring camera is never going to be an amazing photo for a photo shoot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because you've got the fucking fish lens. Like, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But like, yeah, I thought it was such a weird choice we got like brief appearances from like love connie like doing like doing like bits or whatever it def- i mean if love connie like uh, tackled them on the lawn and they had to look cute while fighting love connie fierce sure. work like that could that could work but like this was just weird yeah. like love connie was just there to be there it definitely felt like more it well and it was also more like i guess the photo shoots are kind of always like this to a certain extent but it's like it was more make rue laugh not serve an amazing photo shoot even though safira won in the end for serving the best photo right like so much of it was about like the communication with rue through the ring camera right yeah and that was kind of weird um <laughs> dawn i did like dawn uh dawn was really funny of, of the of in terms of the humor side of it the part where she says like i think animals should be able to vote and rue goes who would they vote for and she goes not you <laughs> <laughs> oh the fracking <laughs> yeah and, the, and they crack up a good bit yeah it, and it was fun it was just like i, I don't know it just felt 
odd. <laughs> like I mentioned, uh, Safira ends up winning. Um, they come back into the workroom after de-dragging and sort of like seeing each other again. Um, and uh, Rue comes in to say the maxi challenge is basically, <laughs> again, it's the talent show. They're, they do the talent show every year at this point. It's, you know, really but they have like, to like. I like this as a first challenge. Yes. I, well, and it gives at least them something to like, you can be a good, I like it because you can be a good drag queen and not be good at drag race necessarily because there's so many elements right. of drag race that you don't do as your normal life as a drag queen. So at least this is like, this is what you are good at. And so right. you get to at least show that on the offset, even though most of them are like songs now. Right. Like it, at the very least, it's like, well, but at least they're original songs. Yeah. Like they're not just something you hear off the radio. Yeah. They're original songs. And it's like, if I go to a drag show, I would get to see this. And so mm-hmm. you as a viewer can connect the two and that's good. But they, li- they link it to MTV spring break. Um, and they show footage of Rue in like the nineties, which I didn't, I didn't even know she was on that show in like the nineties. Like she that's super model of the world. I mean, but that, that is a big fucking deal to yeah. like go into a, especially an environment like spring break, which I'm sure there was a lot. I mean, there was probably some gay representation, but, but like, like MTV, MTV in the nineties. Yeah. And, and you're a call and like a college spring break, which I'm right. assuming has a lot of like frat boys and like, right. like that's a big fucking deal. Um, I do think it's also interesting how much they're like leaning into the MTV promotion now that they've moved onto the networks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's like sort of linked into the, yeah, the, um, the minutiae of the show now. Um, I'm but, just waiting for Carson Daly to show up. <laughs> I know, right? Not the, well, but they did it, but with that Ross Matthews impersonation, remember? The, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's not, let's forget let's about not, that. Can we just forget about Ross Matthews? Oh, God. He wasn't here this episode. It was Thank great. God. He's <laughs> probably going to be there next week. Yeah. Um, but then Rue, like you mentioned, adds a couple twists into the mix. One of them I'm, I'm slightly confused about, and I don't feel like was clarified enough. She mentions that immunity is back. Right. Which is, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I actually like the concept of immunity sometimes because it, it, it can add elements of drama in terms of like, I mean, the fact that like Tyra Sanchez, like literally all the times Tyra Sanchez could have been in the bottom on season two, she had immunity. And like that lends to Honestly, like, that's argument enough for not having immunity. But it, but it makes her more of a villain. You know what I mean? Sure. But like she wouldn't have won then. Sure. That's fair. Like the appropriate winner of season two would have won. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Nicole Page Brooks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but so, but she doesn't, she says the winner of this wins immunity. For a future challenge. Yeah. She kept saying for, a fu- she's not saying for the next challenge. Right. And that was odd to me because the idea that you could have people like banking their immunity yeah. Is strange. I think I think the only reason that she said that was because those queens are not going to be in the next episode. That's what my hope is. Or are they and also are they just doing it maybe for these two episodes? Like if you the two people that win the respective talent shows and and the 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 split premiere episodes, you get immunity for episode 3. Or episode 3 or, you know, if you were to bank it, like down the line, I, I don't mind the down the line thing if it's like two people have immunity, but if it's like you can have up to like what, like six or seven people with immunity, right. and then one week they're all just like, nope, I'm not going home. Oh, see, what I would, I would love for them to pull a fucking survivor where Serena went home. Well, I want them to pull it, a, pull a survivor where you can play this immunity idol for anyone. Oh, okay. So 
uh, spoiler alert, Safira wins the the maxi challenge yeah. and has a immunity somewhere in there. We don't really know how it works. But down the line, she could go, Tsunami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in the bottom two. No, you're not. Right. You can't go home. Well, and also, like, with the added element of the second twist, which we'll get to, like, how you manipulate that. You know what I mean? If you were if you were to pass off the immunities, right? Right. You can, you can manipulate how the placement is in a certain way to then fuck right. up. I think that's a, uh, that's an interesting idea. Oh, right. Because it's paired with the Rita bitch. Well, the Rita queen. Uh-huh. Close enough. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah. So now basically I, 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 I don't know how I feel about it now that the more I think about it, because it is just another case of like, we don't want the responsibility as judges to like, <laughs> well, but the thing is, is that clearly it's still going to be manipulated by production because sure. they don't, they can say whatever the fuck they want because they don't show everybody's rankings. That, number one. Yeah. And number two, they don't like have a like they don't show us in video, but they also don't have like a tally mark on screen. There's no way to track yeah. exactly how many people voted this person number one, exactly how many people voted voted this you know what I mean? So like, yeah, it's gonna be a little Murky. Wibbly wibbly wobbly timey wimey for you Doctor Who fans out there. <laughs> um Yeah, I just think like it's hard to like judge how this is actually like you said when we get more people in the mix jesus christ and you have to rank 14 you have to rank 14 people like in a like that's also going to create a lot of variance i think in certain regards oh well yeah and some and the fact that some people in this episode were like well we're using emotion more than like the actual like judging at points like you i don't know what the fuck can happen with this like at the end of the day yeah um, yeah. So, uh, but, uh, they're getting ready in the workroom for their, uh, talent shows and stuff like that, getting their makeup done. This is where more, uh, Morphe mentions about sort of, like you mentioned, um, her parents not knowing that she does drag or that she's even on the show basically. And it's like, well, didn't she talk about how, like, she's pretty sure that they knew, but nobody would acknowledge it. Yeah. Again. Like, how did they not know? <laughs> like we said before, like, yeah, and so it's a little like tragic mirror ask sort of uh-huh. vibe. And then uh, the guest judge for the week, Charlie Theron, walks into the room. Uh, I I I don't I don't care much about Charlie Theron. Like Charlie Theron to me is not like a gay icon um, in certain ways. Like no, but we've kind of run through those that are willing to come on the show. Sure. Like, but I will say I didn't. I think she has a trans child, so I actually think that connection, I, which I didn't know about. I think that connection works very well. Um, and I actually thought she did a pretty good job as a judge overall. Mm-hmm. Like I thought she, she didn't seem out of place. I, I will say the thing that I that I wasn't aware of is that she's South African and that she oh, lived yeah, yeah, yeah. that she grew up during apartheid. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that was to me, and I've I've watched some interviews with her um, recently just to kind of like educate myself like where she is and all of those sorts of things, and it's just really interesting to hear from because we've heard from people like um trevor noah who grew up as a black person during apartheid in south africa so that experience is very different 
different than someone like Charlize would experience as a white African yeah. during apartheid. So it's like just hearing those differences. And Charlize was doing an interview about how important like Black Panther was to her and how she mm-hmm. was extremely uh, excited uh, to show that to her to black children yeah, yeah, yeah. who um, who she adopted, I think. Yeah, I think she adopted them. Um, but, you know, it, she was like, I can't wait to show this to them because this is something that's so culturally important and this was so moving to me as an African person. Yeah. Like, so I... I just, I really admire her. I really, she seemed, really like her. More I think, she seemed really cool. Like, yeah. she didn't seem too, like... Full of herself. Full of herself in Hollywood. For an Oscar winner, like, bitch, yeah. you're pretty down to earth. And who knows, maybe she's really good at faking it, but, like... May, well, I mean, she's clearly a good actress. Yeah, clearly. Um, we then go... Okay, so we go on to the main stage for the talent show. I really love this Rue look, by the way, that she came out in. The, like It was, like pink and like like yellow sort of like almost tight not tie-dye but like it like ombre up and like mm-hmm. there was something about it that was just really like aesthetically pleasing and and yeah and top-notch in that regard um also so because it's the mtv spring break inspired talent show of course Derek barry's hosting which i thought was a really fun touch at least yeah that was fun even though Derek is not the best at hosting like no but it was scripted hosting so it was fine sure but it's like, you know, I, I, she, like, I mean, my confusion, like, sort of, like, figuring out everybody's names, like, you, like, you could tell with some, with her, she was sort of, like, reading the, it felt like she was reading the cards for the first time. Well, but also, this was clearly filmed, like, the day before. <laughs> when sure. She was not there. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, so we start uh, the talent show. Uh, the first up was Morphine Love Dion, who did a lip sync and also like flamenco style. Mm-hmm. She talks about like her Latin culture, like being in, in into everything that she does. I thought this was really good for the most part. Yeah. Um, I didn't love... And I felt it so weird. Like she, she emphasized a lot about being like the body queen and sort of like, you know, the body being her aesthetic. She takes off like the dress and it's like sort of like sexy reveal, which the view, the reveal started good, but it was one of the ones where it's like, like it's a full body suit, but it's made to look like it's like a, it's like a jangly bra and like a thong. But it's clearly yeah. a bodysuit. Yeah, there's, it's clearly like mostly nude mesh. And I was like, why not just sh- if like show your body? I right. I don't know. Like that. And and it was one. It's like when she turned, it looked fine from the front, and then she turned, like you see the zipper. Yeah. And like, it was like mm, that kind of took me out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but overall, you know, clearly very talented. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, then we had uh, a mandatory meeting, and she did uh, a lip sync to her song about finding her kitty or whatever. <laughs> that was that was great. I thought the comedy in it was really fun and like placed yeah. really well. She was, I will say, a little frantic. Like I think a little, but I think that was the song. I think that's her drag style. Like yeah. it's it was definitely like the type of queen that slightly coked out. You know, yeah, just a lot of energy and a lot of movement and a lot of like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it wasn't. Here's the thing: I don't think anyone did bad this talent show. At the end of the day, I think if you were going to pick a bottom two, I would probably put Amanda in it. We will get to the runway look later, where I think that kind of cinches it. But yeah, I, I would. I would have made it 
Zunami and Amanda. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, Dawn had another um, original lip sync song, uh, which I thought was fun. When she built, like, also her her just getting thrown onto the stage, like, dead and being dragged. <laughs> I love how she then comes out of that whatever that is that she's in and basically just looks like a prolapsed anus. Like, it's <laughs> like, what the fuck are you wearing? But also it was, like, giant rabbit ears with, like, jank- with like a jangly, like, leopard, like, like she was, like, a some kind of like belly dancer or something underneath. And then like, it was a lot. And then the one large hand and the, and she did the whole thing where it's like the arms stretch out or whatever. And I thought it was cute. Like, I thought it was really funny. Like, yeah, it was, it was surreal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was something. Uh, we then, Oh, I I thought, I thought the best of the night in terms of the actual performance for, well, mm, no, let me. No, I'm wrong. <laughs> Strike what I just said. Sorry. She was really great, though. Uh, was Q? I don't know. That might be the best one. You think Q was the best? Possibly. We'll we'll get to the other ones, and I may change my mind when yeah. we talk about them. So, but I will say, I love that Q did something very different, right. knowing that everyone was going to do lip sync. So, and I think if Q did a lip sync, it. Pro- no knock on her. It probably might might have faded into the background a little bit in right. terms of stuff. Well, and I also like that she had, like, completely different... Like, I'm not tying the entrance look to the um, talent show to the runway. Those... Those are clearly she's showcasing different things she can do. Right. Right. She's not staying in a lane. And she she's said like, in, I can do anything. And she said in her confessional, like, I do, like, fashion is a big part of my drag, but also comedy is always in right. there. And so let me lean into that element of it by doing this, like, fake puppet show where I, it's, I don't know how those are done typically, but it's clearly, like, mimicking, like, she's, like, this big head on this, like, tiny body doing, like, ballet and stuff like that. I thought it was really funny, and her faces were like she sold in the face really well. It wasn't just like the simple gag of like, oh, this is weird, right? Right. Like she really sold the performance of it, which I appreciated. Um, I definitely think this was of the top three, and I'm debating as to which I like the most. Well, it it wasn't a puppet, really. The the legs. Well, it's a puppet her, show. Sure, but the legs were just her hands. Right, right, right. And then the arms were just flopping. Yeah, <laughs> which Floppy was arms. which was hilarious. Uh huh. I just uh, I I was laughing through the whole thing. Yeah, and, uh, yeah you're right. The facial expressions the whole time. And the hair, it. the little like sort of like uh, oh, yeah. Shirley Temple. Uh huh. Like, it was yeah. It was cute. Um, this is the one I was kind of like, oh, this might be my favorite performance, only because I've watched it like over and over again. Is Mirage. I love this performance yeah. so much on, like, rewatch. The it's, heel clacks are just so fucking good. The heel clacks are, like, amazing. Like, the the hand, the um, handspring one into the heel clack was great. And I love that she's, like, made that her thing. I The song is underratedly a bop. It's oh, yeah. really fucking good. It's really good. It's it's And I love her sort of, like, playfulness in the song. And, like, being, like I'm a, I'm a bitch and I'm going to be bitchy. And, like, it, it was... It was it's an it's an underrated earworm and it's really uh-huh. fucking good, and she has that just sort of like sexy stage presence that I think you we got with Anitra too. Yes, like I think it rivaled Anitra's performance on her talent show. I think Anitra's I, is better. I think Anitra's song was better. Yes, 
I, you can't be walk that fucking dog. Sure. I th- well, I think it's uh, the, I was going to say the difficulty in Nietzsche's is a little better. Cause she was doing like the Kung Fu kicks with the boards and stuff uh, right. like that. Like there's added elements to that, but in terms of like, I would pay money for that Mirage performance and oh, yeah. day. like it was so fucking good. Um, yeah. Uh, and then we had, uh, uh, tsunami muse was next. Yeah. It's just kind of like after that Mirage performance, it was like, oh, I don't no. think it needed to like, even if it was first, yeah. Look, like they said in the judging, she started out strong, but then she didn't move any. She literally just walked up and down the runway. Right. That's all she did. It's like this screeched to a halt. What's happening? She kept saying, I'm known for my walk. And I, and like, I think it's a good walk. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like a walk that's going to like sell a talent show. Like, like a walk that sells a talent show is something a little more dramatic, a little more like there's some eccentricity into the walk, like which some, which some models do as well. Like there's sort of like a, a, like kind of like, you know how like vivacious. Yes. I was like, just thinking about yeah, vivacious like walk. Like that's, that's what I want. If you're going to be like a walk your talent show, that's how you do it. Right. As opposed to this, which is like, it's a solid model walk, but that's not enough to build a performance off of. Right. I needed more. I needed, I needed pounding pussy. I needed flips. I needed something, you know, like I, I just, that to me, especially if you're going to say you're a muse, right? Like I need you to elevate that to the level of something candy would give us. Yeah. There's an energy to candy's performance that I need to to see as well. Um, And then finally we had Saphir Crystal. Oh my God. With this opera performance where (laughs) I will say it was good. Like, cause I mean like Monet did opera on all stars. Right. Right. But I love the added element of the comedy of it with having the clearly wrong words on the screen. Why did you point to me when you said that? You know why? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's fucking great. And like into the split. And it was just like, yeah, it, it, everything was great about it. For those of you who don't know how technically difficult that is. Holy fuck. Yeah. 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 My jaw was on the ground when she hit that because you have to maintain. There's so much core strength that goes into operatic singing. Right. And to be able to maintain that without a wobble, it did not waver. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it's difficult enough to do it while you're sitting, but to actively slide into the splits, I just, that was breathtaking. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um, the category for the runway is reveal yourself. So basically uh, some form of reveal in the look. Um, Going through a morphine love Dion, I thought was a good look to tell. I like the I like the thought process behind it, like me in this like sexy towel look, and then it reveals into this bathing suit. It's, it was very Larsa Pippen. She does give Larsa vibes, yeah. It it, it just was <laughs> like it. I could. I was trying so hard to divorce her from Larsa Pippen because I'm not a fan of Larsa. Um, no, morphine has way more personality. Yes, clearly. Um, but holy, but just about as much plastic work. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was just like, this is such a Larsa look. Yeah. Like this is such a thing, which is fine because Larsa is gorgeous, right? She never misses on the look department, but it was just, uh, this is difficult to like separate yeah. from that. 
That's fair. Um, then we had Dawn with this Yeti with like the glittery bleed. I love the intro of the look. I don't know if I love the end. I loved both. I looks. didn't hate it, but like it was like I thought I felt something. I didn't see the thought process in the final look as opposed to like the entrance. I I liked it because it it gave a look that was um clearly still in that realm of like wintry weirdness, right? Right. But like it was broken up, the like it took the idea of Yeti, right, and made it something that was a fashion moment. Yeah. Like it revealed from just the inspiration to this is the evolved elevated look. And, you know, I love breaking up like giant swaths of, of one color with another color. Um, so like the, the black, like, um, like the bone, not boning, but like the sort of the structured bits that were black going over the flowy white fur was just to me, like a really smart use of fashion. Yeah. Like I really loved it. I thought it was one of the best looks. Yeah. I yeah, I can see that. Um okay, so can we talk about a mandatory meetings? First, the fact that she starts off and loses the wig in the intro, <laughs> and then they have to fucking restart. I am sh- shocked they did not give her shit for that. I I'm so glad that they left that in because that was so funny. Sure. But the fact that the judging, like the judges didn't even mention it. That's kind of fascinating. Um, But it starts as this like, well, it's clearly like posing as a, as an actual like sort of like eighties housewife, like, cause it's a full, like one of those like um, club kid masks. Like, yeah, but clearly it was supposed to be like a, a shitty, like, shitty dolly type thing. Shitty, like fake thing. And then it reveals into this alien, which, uh, yeah, well, here's the thing. One, the makeup wasn't great in uh, just from the front facing because it's a pearl purple face and she apparently had never done that before. But also, I, I hate feeling like, um, oh, my God, what's his name that was the fucking judge on Canada's Drag Race that first season who everyone hated? Oh, oh, um... The the one who got, like, death threats and shit. Yeah. Well, I remember he tells, like, Jimbo, like, you didn't carry the makeup from your face over into your arms. And I literally was like, no, in this case with Amanda, I totally fucking agree. Because her arms are just skin colored. But they're not. They're the sock. They're the stockings from the... Uh, it's not her skin. That is... Yeah, a, but, like... That's specifically, like supposed to look like the alien is still wearing the skin sleeves and the skin... Uh, yeah, it's. I didn't get that. <laughs> like, it well, yeah, because she's clearly got like on the the both parts. It's like garters holding those up, right? So it was supposed to be skin stretched onto her arms and legs. Yeah, it's, mm. I got it. <laughs> I understood what she was doing. Sure, but like it was not the best, and like a little. And, and it was like it was weirdly like the it cut off at the leg weird like it was like one of those like it was almost like a short that was like too like yeah I didn't did not love this it got a toot on fashion photo review which I was shocked by I was yeah yeah I think some someone needs to check on Raja so, and Raven's meds. someone needs to zoom in on the makeup if they're gonna be doing fashion photo review sure um tsunami muse I thought looked very beautiful I did love Rue saying that she looked exactly like uh Nichelle Nichols like I thought that yes. was such an accurate like poll 
Yeah. Uh, I love the first part of the look with the like. Um, yes, the trench was so fierce. Yeah. And then it kept getting less. It kept getting more underwhelming. Yeah, it was just like fine, you know. And then oh, it was went from yes to okay to mm. yeah, <laughs> basically. Cues um, cue one for the runway without a doubt, and the oh, fact yeah. again that she made this is like so amazing. This black peacocky, almost like. Um, insect like yeah monarch butterfly kind of vibes and then when she reveals the cape and it's all the colors underneath Ugh. against the black it's and cr- the entire thing is stoned to the god she oh, went yeah. blind she she was walking down that runway blind after yeah. stoning that there's no way that whole inner lining had to take fucking forever like in terms of like and clearly her entire budget how did she fucking right like <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> like everything else, she's going to walk out in as a napkin because all her budget went into that look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I liked Mirage's as well. This like the orange and blue contrast was a cool color with this mm-hmm. like Vegas show girly. I did not like the, uh, what did the, what did Michelle call it? A pretty burrito thing that she had on. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Well, the reveal was more like she takes that and makes it into like a skirt with like her titties out. But also I love her, her, um, what are they called? The, not, the tassels. The tassels were like coming up as she was walking. She's like, oh God, <laughs> keeping them in. Um, I thought it was really cute and, and, and definitely gave the Vegas vibe. Yeah. Getting that aesthetic from her. Um, and then we had Sophia Cristal. Again, kind of like tsunamis started well, and then it was like I did not like the second part. The yeah, well, here's the thing. I think it would have been fine if she had the right size breastplate. Oh my god, these boobs! <laughs> the fact that someone, said, what was it, uh, Fisher Price? That was, oh, Michelle. Michelle said <laughs> Fisher Price, my baby, first boobs, baby's first boobs. <laughs> that was, was the like, only, that was wow. the last time in like five years that Michelle's like actively made me laugh. But the thing is, is I, if I remember correctly, I think I mentioned that, um, Oh, who was it that I really liked last season that did that really great, uh, sleeping bag look sleeping bag. Look. The one that they hated, but it had like a, Oh, it, you, um, um, not sleeping bag, but, uh, but was it made out of a sleeping bag? Maybe, but you're talking, talking about Selena's titties. Yes. Didn't she have a small breastplate? I don't think and she had any breastplate in that one. Not I, in that look, but like at one point she wore a small, or, or like somebody wore a small breastplate. Anyway, I brought it up last <laughs> season. Go back and look. I'm not going to do it. Um, but yes, there was, it, it's very much, your your titties have to match your chest. I'm sorry. They have to. Yeah. If it, you can't. No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I also, a lot of people were really annoyed with um, Michelle's critique. I, I thought the critiques were good pretty much across the board. But Michelle's critique of Mirage basically saying that she didn't say her, perf- people read it as she was saying her performance was sloppy, which it would not be an accurate critique. But that she said, I feel like she said it as like, I can see you can have a tendency to lean sloppy in the future what what she was basically saying was i don't think you choreographed that i think you came out here and just danced sure. because if you were to do that that same routine again you would do different choreo this was not planned choreo okay that was what her her <laughs> but, but it was like this wasn't prepared you just came out here and danced and it's like 
I can kind of understand that critique, but, but I don't necessarily agree with you. But I would argue that would be the same thing for Tsunami, and Tsunami's was a case of it clearly not working, and Mirage's was a case of it absolutely working. Like, Sure, I think she was just calling it out because it's like, hey, by the way, this was good, but like, be careful doing that sort of thing in the future because it could become a problem. Sure. Yeah. I think that's the vein that she was going in yeah. with that critique. Well, and I, I wasn't sure because I was just confused by it, but it was, I was also thinking it was like your vibe of your drag seems a little messy. Not because, me- and I think it, I think Mirage's drag, part of Mirage's drag is messy, but it's like a controlled mess. If right. that makes sense. Like, it's right. like, not like, Everything's in a perfect place, but everything is there for a reason, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, and I think, like, that might be a misinterpretation of, like, her aesthetic versus what she actually is able to provide, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, yeah. So they go back, they, they basically say, you can take our critiques under advisement when you <laughs> choose your list or whatever, but like, you, it's up to you essentially. Um, and so everyone votes on their stuff in the, in the ripoff circle, uh, segment. <laughs> um, and then Rue reveals that nobody's going home this week and that it's going to be a top two, uh, to decide the winner. And, um, which to me, I think. When you're doing a lip sync, that's really fucking shitty because the bottom two prepared this lip sync. Like you, well, you should have told the people before they went back to Untucked, "Hey, nobody's going home." I don't think so. They, I don't the think top they told two them, are going to be lip syncing, so prepare for that. I don't think they told them nobody's going home, but I definitely think they told them you all should prepare for the lip sync. And I think maybe that, like, with this whole Raider Queen thing, like. You could be do you could literally do amazing and go home and be in the bottom. Yeah. So like like there's that's no that's the reason I don't like. I think there should be some sort of protection if you're in the top three. Yeah. It's like oh you can only rank this person above like yeah you can only rate this person fifty or above you know yeah I mean that probably complicates it more but you know it, oh well it's more fair <laughs> um, but the top two are Q and Safira Crystal. Um, and they lip sync to Break My Soul by Beyonce. Um, Safira's a great fucking lip syncer. I'll say that. Like, yes. th- she really does, like, pull you in and sort of, like, She does a really good moments. slow burn. Like, it's a, it, it started out, like, back here because, you know, you have to go far with it. Mm-hmm. And so it was really, really well planned and thought out. I, I, I love a lip sync like that that evolves. Yeah. Um, and, oh my, and then the fucking, I literally could see at one point, cause she grabs her side cause clearly like her breastplates like come loose in the middle or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then she goes, then the big climax of the song, she goes into the split and starts doing like the pussy pounding split and her fucking tits are like bouncing like a fucking, <laughs> like a yo-yo almost. Yeah. <laughs> and it cracked through the fuck up and it was amazing. <laughs> I saw a great tweet, which was just like, oh, you have the new Saphir Christelle boob neck. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, yeah, Saphira ends up winning. I think that was rightly deserved. And so she and won both the Maxi and Mini Challenge for this week. So she's clearly, like, positioned herself very well this first episode. And, I, yeah, I would be shocked if at the very least she doesn't make it to the, fa- to the finale. Yeah. Yeah. She has all the uh, ability. 
Um, yeah, that was uh, the premiere for Drag Race. Really good first episode. I really loved everything that they brought, and like it's it's good to be back in that Drag Race Drag Race season. Yeah, I mean, people make the joke, but like it's basically our Super Bowl. It's our it really is. it's our NFL playoff. Like you know, yeah, it's the Olympics of drag. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the finale of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip season four. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com Welcome back to A Game of Zimby. Let's head on down to St. Bart's where Lou and Manu sitting in a tree. <laughs> F-U-C-K-I-N-G on Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Rony Legacy. That's my favorite thing that you've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so Girl's Trip. The f- Lucky bitch, because that man is hot. Oh, we'll get to it. Like, Holy if you, shit. If you want to get an in-depth sort of like understanding of our uh, preferences, Manu is the one. Uh-huh. I'll say that. Um, I mean, if you've listened to us for like 74 past episodes, you'd also probably get that, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the finale for uh, Girls Trip Rony Legacy, I, I said it last, I thought that we had another episode coming, but I guess this is the finale. I guess they did a shorter version. I don't I know. I guess. Um, it's usually seven. Um, some people, I saw some people being like, this wasn't my favorite episode or favorite season of Girls Trip. Um, I saw some people saying that like it starts great and then like teeters off towards the end. I don't know if I necessarily agree. I really like this. It season. depends on what you're looking for. For me, I was really glad that the cast really came together and melded towards the end. Yeah. That they really kind of got that good mesh that they really were missing at the beginning. And like, like I don't know. I feel like if you were to bring these six back together again... They would just have a really good chill season, right? You know, and, and I think also like I, I mean, some people say they like season one or two the best, but I think that's a little. There's maybe I think a little more narrative in those seasons, and I sure. think this there were narrative in parts, but I like that it was just kind of fun, and yeah. it was like, and to me that was the thing with like classic Roni. I don't remember a lot of the storyline, like the 
like long-standing storylines in some of these seasons of Ronnie. There's some stuff like Luann and yeah. Tom and but like for the most part it's really I feel like you can like pick any episode of Roni and like it's heyday and watch it on its own and it's hilarious and you don't yeah. have to like yeah you know always have like the full understanding of things. Like I feel like that was always the appeal of the show. Yeah. You know. And I think that's I think that's again I think it's a different taste. Yeah. For different people. Um, they start the episode and they're all by the beach. Ramona's looking out. And she goes, where's Lou? She's looking for guys. It's like swimming with sharks. <laughs> <laughs> and then all, and literally it is. They, and they film it like it's Jaws with Lou Ann swimming up. And she's retelling the story to them afterwards about how she was swimming up towards this like guy that she thought was like really hot in like the, in the water. And like, she was like, I'm trying to scope out like if is like he married is whatever. And then his fucking wife then comes up with two popsicles, like one for each of them. And then he gives his popsicle to Lou Ann, which like, that's weird. Divorce. Like, <laughs> excuse me, sir. <laughs> Dorinda's like, did you say no, sir? I want your popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, and then Sonia telling Lou, I want a guy that when I'm in the same room as Lou, they stay focused on me. And then if I'm the only woman in the room and you're the only woman in the room, I'm going to jump your bones. <laughs> and then she goes, scissors, sisters. And then starts to like grind on Lou. Sonia, well, well, one, Sonia's always had this like sort of like, I mean, they say it's a friendship, but like, she didn't she try to like make out with Luann like on one of the cast trips? Like, that doesn't surprise me. And like, also this week in terms, we'll get to in our next episode that's going to be out uh, tomorrow. Uh, this apparently it's just a lot a of scissoring. Yeah. A lot of uh, scissoring content on Bravo. Good for them. Um, yeah, so, uh, they get back to the villa uh, again, this re- recurring thing, like with last week too, of Kelly, I guess, speaking this like fucking Teletubby voice, she goes, Martin, and he goes, Kelly, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, um, there she, he's going over the itinerary for everything that's happening to, uh, in their last day. Um, the, they're ending it with like this big disco party. Uh, and he says, uh, Manu will be at, like, cause Manu, who's the, I guess the, he's the chef, right? Uh, he's the sous chef, I think. Yeah. He's talking with them or whatever. Kelly's like, what's on the menu for tonight? And Martin goes, Manu is on the menu. <laughs> and it's like, oh, if we only knew. <laughs> <laughs> and she took that literally. <laughs> yeah, it's a great it's a great bit of foreshadowing. Um, the weird like offhanded moment, but I love Ramona is in the bed with Sonia and she goes, "Why is it when I shut my eyes I feel dizzy?" And she like wakes up like all bug eyed and sort of like, "Oh, we got the return of Ramona eyes." Uh, yeah, <laughs> but also get that checked out. Like, you should... <laughs> I shut my eyes and feel drink or uh, feel dizzy. I mean. Have... Have you drank yet today? Like, is that? <laughs> um, uh, Martin's talking to Dorinda, and he's like, "You know, have you invited friends for the party?" Dorinda goes, "I mean, the girl's dead. Like, I'm good at a lot of things, but I'm not good at that. Like, inviting men." And then she goes, "Maybe I'll just get myself a gigolo." And like, they Martin then grabs Manu, being like, "This is our gigolo of the house." Again, like I've we haven't really seen a lot of Manu like in the early, he definitely was like this last episode, like a big character. More yeah. Than I mean, he was probably around. We just didn't like, he wasn't a focus. No. <laughs> he during the goes, you're a gigolo. And Manu goes, we're very expensive. And she goes, I mean, I got to test the goods out first. Like, <laughs> 
It's great. Um, oh my god. So and then this is also the episode where Ramona just goes into full. Maybe it was like she was really playing on her best behavior for most of this trip, and then just really, I guess, saved it up until like the final day because she's like, "I need to find my silver shoes. Where are my shoes, Sonia?" And Sonia's like, "Let's just keep packing, and like we'll eventually find them." She's like, "No, I need my shoes." Like, <laughs> and then uh. she, it takes Sonia like opening another end of like the closet and there's like fucking 12 shoes that Ramona she's like look at all the shoes I would have left like oh my god <laughs> so he's like you're an idiot she goes I'm not an idiot I'm just <laughs> <laughs> they're god. both idiots really at the they end really the day. They, they share one brain cell and they both left it in New York yeah um, they all get into head into the sprinter vans to go out for the day. Um, there's all this discussion about like finding hot guys to like bring to the party because they don't want a redux of like Kristen's neon night where Kristen didn't bring anybody. And so Ramona's like, I'm going to call my friend Pascal and like is calling like, you know, to like get, she's like, can you just, there's all this discussion about like just bringing men. Like you have men that you can bring. Where is Pascal finding these men? Does he have an escort service? See, for that's like, what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like you just know someone who can get you men. Also, you're hiring a house full of escorts for the night? I, I don't know if they're actually that's escorts. expensive. Well, and also some of them were like, I forgot one of them later was like, oh, Kelly, like I waited on you at like one of the restaurants like on the trip or whatever. So it's like there's some like random people in here, but it's like the whole idea that you're like, again, calling somebody to like get men is just like what but what's, also, the, what's the service but like, also like saint Bart's is very expensive to go to so really only rich people go there and except for the locals right so like the locals know when there's going to be a rich person party and they know the phone tree sure so they just call everybody all the locals and they all go to the rich people party well, and also later like one of the there's a woman at the party carol who owned the rest or the club or whatever that luann met the pirate at basically back in the day right and so like but again it's like and she was saying in the sense of like oh carol knows is another one who can like get us men and it's like is that what happens in like these these clubs are they who like knows? i yeah it's confusing. <laughs> I do not know the life of the rich and famous. Yeah. Um, the Pascal's like, I mean, how old do you want the guys to be? I can get like 28, like 30 years old. And Sonya's like, bring them all. Like, it's, like, geez. Also, 28-year-olds. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Ramona's like on, she's 60. Like, come yeah. on. I don't know. Um, they arrive uh, to the beach and they're doing this water relaxation therapy called, therapy called Atma Janzu. Which I had never heard about, but apparently mm. is a thing. I I will say this: I kind of want to do this the way that they were talking about it later. That it's and it here, not Kelly's version. Hello. Well, um, I mean, right day, right time. Um, <laughs> well, it depends. It's mono doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it it's I could believe it works. Like it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, oh, I can actually see like that makes sense. Uh, so, but Sonya's not into it. She goes, I love to be spiritual. I'd like to raise my vibration, but not in St. Bart's on a girl's trip. I mean, we're here to get some other kind of action. <laughs> like, she's just so focused on, like, and I find it, we'll get to it, like, Sonya's inability to lean in on this element was fascinating to me in terms yeah. of, like, the stuff we were talking about yesterday. Or not yesterday, last week. About Sonya's, the, the sad yeah. parts of Sonya. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... Yeah. 
but like so Luann and Dorinda do it first and like it's, it's like Dorinda's like flat on her back but also Luann is like I guess it's one of the moves but it's like she's like splayed with like one of her like it's like a very dancer pose it like, looks like you know those videos where they like pick a sloth up and they're like majestically gliding through the air yeah, like yeah, a fucking yeah. ballerina that's what this looked like well, and it was also I thought it was there was all it was all drone shots yeah. so you got it from like high above the water and I I noted in my notes, it looked like some like white Lotus shit. Like it was like something you would yeah. see in white Lotus as, yeah. as like an opening scene of like, Whoa, this is weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, I definitely could have seen this in like the tableau, like entrance to white Lotus, like where the, they were doing all the painting things. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? But you're right with like the socket, like the sloth comparison. Cause like at the end also they drag Luann and Jorinda onto the beach, like fully limp, like sort of like, and just like place them on the sand. <laughs> Like, it's like it's strange but like yeah well and it was very interesting to me how both um dorinda and luann had parallel experiences how they both felt like a very like mothering type of vibe even luann was talking about like no was it luann or dorinda that dorinda said they saying, were feeling like she was back in the womb yeah because that's i guess one of the feelings that you would normally get from this like particular treatment well it makes sense because you're floating in water it's supposed to be that weightlessness and that's a very similar experience to in utero so yeah it's yeah it's really fascinating um <laughs> sonia and uh some of them are sitting on the beach as they're doing it saying so goes this might help release my neck guys i slept with an ice pack all day Kristen then goes let's hope it releases more than your neck and sonia gets like pissed like she th- she thinks that's a really rude comment by Kristen. it's a, i mean it can be slightly rude but it's like but like whatever it's housewives it's a girl's trip get over yourself and like sonia whispers over to ramona like was that necessary like nothing like being vulnerable and like being attacked it's like jesus christ like well she wasn't attacking anything she was making a funny sex joke like oh oh, i didn't even read it as necessarily a sex joke i can understand i can understand how it could be read as like oh yeah you gotta get like your because Sonia says later that like she kind of feels like it was like passive aggressive and like people she got she's very sensitive of like people saying like she's a mess and like she needs this like help and this like spiritual like she feels like Dorinda pushes that issue with her a lot and like I can understand that maybe that's how she read it but, but she like, was just talking about getting laid like three seconds ago why would it not correlate to that sure yeah, I mean, I, I, unless you're super sensitive about it, and that's my thing. It's like I think Sonia, Sonia has a bit of a downward spiral this episode, <laughs> and yeah, like this I, episode, yeah. Well, partic- really, like it was jarring to me this episode how like intense it was, and like I think it's because of what we were seeing last episode, like sort of yeah. like her recognizing it and trying to like mask it in certain ways. Um, yeah. Um, Dorinda comes back and, uh, well, Dorinda says her capacity, this is unbelievable. I want to become like an amoeba again. <laughs> an amoeba? It's like, that's not how it, I, it's like, I get people are confused, but it's like, that's not how, like, it's called a fetus. <laughs> I mean, yes, but I think she was like talking about de-evolving back into being like humanity de-evolving back into like bacteria okay oh i guess going that far yeah sure i guess it does a lot to you that this therapy <laughs> um so maybe well, i don't want to do this therapy yeah uh sonia thanks kelly for the towel she's like got this like pink towel she's like kelly thanks for the towel in the gift it was really great that you gifted this and 
Kelly did not gift this to her. <laughs> it's not in the gift package. Ramona goes, I like the gifts. I thought it was very thoughtful, very kind, and I'm so excited to use it all. <laughs> I did like, this is where I liked Kelly this episode. I actually thought Kelly was very, like, in tune and funny this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she goes to a confessional. Finally, the ladies are understanding my love language, gift giving, even though it's not one of my gifts. She's like, look what Kelly brought me. It's like a towel from the house. <laughs> like... Again, I just find it so ironic that Kelly is like, I'm so glad that they finally understand that I show love by gift giving and when she threw such a fit yeah. over Bethany having her not to like be on but Bethany's it's like her, side. It's like her branded stuff. It's like so weird. Like, why, is, why would you give like that? It's like weird. Like, because she got it for free. Bethany, like clearly, no. Bethany knew her love language was gift making and used it to manipulate her, and like that's what it was because Bethany was trying to kill her in the middle of her sleep. Like, <laughs> but also, was it the jelly beans that she was eating in that bag? Oh, was it? I think it was. Yeah. Oh, oh God, that's. God. We need to review Scary Island again. Someday. It's just uh, wild, wild. Ramona sees them like drag Luann and Sonia or Luann and Dorinda out onto the beach. She's like, it looks like live art. It's so tranquil. It's so moving. And I would have had to do, you know, wouldn't even have need to use my noodle. Cause she always <laughs> swims with her fucking giant. <laughs> <laughs> did she even bring that? No, I, I don't think she did, but I don't think we ever even saw her in the pool. So oh, she, no, kept, she, she said she, she couldn't, she said she had like burns or something to where she couldn't. Like, did she have like another chemical peel? Like she did on the, Mexico trip? Maybe. Yeah. Um, Dorinda and Luann come back to them and Dorinda's like crying. She's had like a full emotional experience in this. She's like, I totally got how my mother loved me so much when I was a baby. And like, she's pouring her heart out and it's like so visceral. And then they just cut to Sonia walking off to the side and peeing in a bush. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted the plants. And like Sonia, you could tell Dorinda's like, Dorinda's a little pissed at Sonia at this point of just like you. It's fun. like the Sonia stuff is funny in moments, but it's like yeah, when someone's like venting or like sort of like having an emotional moment, you don't need Sonia being like whoop the doop. Like you can't yeah. like you know yeah. Um, Kristen and Sonia then go in and Kristen's loving it. Just like Luann and Dorinda and gets the emotional connection. And then like Sonia, she, and she's like coughing up water and like fucking like struggling. <laughs> She she says her confessional. No one goes to St. Bart's to get in touch with themselves. They go to St. Bart's to touch someone else. <laughs> she is like, good God, buy a vibrator, bitch. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Well, she does have an. I mean, she definitely does have vibrators. She mentioned it to Ramona later. We'll get to it. <laughs> oh God, I forgot about that conversation. Yeah, Kelly. Uh, Kelly then does hers, but she she takes it as a sexual experience for some reason. Like she's very like she's like I was so horny. I was like, spin me, Greg, spin me around. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She, yeah. And then she said that when she, like, when she came back and was telling them what happened, like, her hallucination, not hallucination, but, like, her, like, vision or whatever, is that, like, she saw, like, a big fish or whatever and was, like, trying to kiss her. And, like, she's like, I saw, like, a giant, like, so that's fish what eye. made her horny? Okay. Uh, <laughs> you, you, girl. <laughs> like, um, and then it's weird. They all go, like, to take a photo, like, at the beach, like, before they leave. And Sonia's like, we did that a thousand times. Like, and she's, like, being finicky. And, and Dorinda's like, Sonia, come on. Sonia's like, you're not listening to me. And it's just, like, <laughs> Dorinda going, Sonia came out of the water angry. Like, how is that possible? Like, it's literally, like, the, uh, like. Well, because Sonia didn't participate. Right. She actively fought it. 
Yeah. It was strange. Like, and she's just like finicky and just like all of that. They then go uh, to lunch. Um, and oh my God. So they walk into lunch and then Sonia walks in and I was confused because I actually, I guess this was a dress, but I thought it was, I thought it was just her towel. Cause she had it like wrapped around her waist as she was leaving. But she comes in and she's in this like sort of like backless, assumingly like backless tied dress and her ass is fully out. Well, if the ass is out, like you have to imagine the front was open as well. Well, she, I, she clearly took, cause she had like a one piece, right? Uh-huh. Originally. And she clearly took that off at some point. Cause it was wet. Well, well yeah, but like, <laughs> like yeah. the, you got your ass is just fully out and, and it's like in a restaurant. Like I get, it's like a poolside, but it's like, this is a restaurant, ma'am. Like, yeah. Like what is and Kelly's trying to like fix it and like yeah it's just They're like having to apologize to the people next the to ladies the next, next table. to them were just like are you fucking serious it wasn't right now? just ladies there was an old man at that table too yeah who was getting an eyeful <laughs> Jesus Christ um they start to eat Luann talks about how you know the Janzu uh, stuff was really emotional Dorinda goes what about you Sonia and she goes long story short I realized I had like tightness in my shoulder and not just like in my neck and then like my hip was like really tight and Kirsten has to go but like what about like emotionally <laughs> like 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 it, it's like literally a therapy experience so like yeah, and and but then someone goes, yeah, like emotionally, I felt like you know I need to be done with these bitches and get back to my cave. Like it's been great, but like I need to go. And it's like okay, it is a part where it's like now this is like getting awkward, and you could tell it's like they're like you you chose, you could t- particularly tell with like Luann and yeah. like Kristen, they were like okay, just let her run out. Like we know yeah. she's like you know <laughs> like it kind of is like sort of like having a toddler come down from like a like yeah. a tantrum or something like that. It's really fucking strange. Um, you uh, so uh, Dorinda goes like, all joking aside, Sonia, because Dorinda's trying to like get something. She goes, you know, Sonia, I wish that you had did have more like of an experience than it wasn't just like a massage or whatever. And Sonia's like, no, I loved it. Like it's great. <laughs> you did not love that. But Sonia then says in her confessional that Dorinda is just putting salt in the wound. She's like, she's like, oh yeah, like I need it more than anyone. Like you're such a mess. Like it's patronizing. And it's like, yeah, but they also care about you and like... But like also nobody said that. You... Interpreted that. Interpreted that. That has a lot more to do with how you view yourself. Well, I won't say they don't believe it. Sure, but they haven't expressed it. Yeah. That's... uh, Yeah. To her. Um, (laughs) They've expressed it to each other. (laughs) Kristen then talks about like, oh, like before we were talking about like deal breakers for like relationships, like romantic relationships. She's like, what about deal breakers for like relationships with women, like friendships? And Luann's like, dishonesty. Like if you lie to me, like you're done. (laughs) And they're kind of going on about it. Dorinda then asks Kristen and then Kristen starts to tell this story about like, you know, when I had gotten the show originally, I had this like long-term best friend who just like could not be happy for me once we got it. Like everything like changed. And she's like telling this story story and sonia then starts interrupting goes we didn't answer she she already answered hers and it's like no calm down like it's like let Kristen have her moment like sorry like you know Kristen hasn't done anything this episode (laughs) like yeah she is she's definitely on a downward spiral that sonia Kristen ends up finishing and then sonia goes what was the question ramona (laughs) which ramona didn't even say anything like and then she's like, you're done to Kristen to like, and she's like, you changed the subject. And Luann has to go. She's no, she's actually on topic. 
Like she's actually. And then Luann literally turns to Kristen and goes, just let her have it. Just, <laughs> just be done. It's fine. <laughs> Dorinda has to be like, Sonia, you went on last night for like 35 minutes and we all sat there and we listened. Like literally gave this like her autobiography of like <laughs> meeting her husband. And it's just like, oh God. I don't know what it, it, I don't want to prescribe anything. It almost feels chemical how Sonya's acting only because it is like, it's unlike any of her other craziness. You know what I mean? Like, it's like so distinctly different. I think that she really did. She's going through a lot emotionally with all of this stuff that's happening outside of the show, like not having a place to live, like not really having a lot of income. Right. Like that sort of thing. And like, I think that that has really traumatized her in a way that she doesn't want to deal with. Like she is refusing to deal with it. Right. And she's, she's done really, I feel like she's done really good at that for like over a decade. Cause it's literally been, that long like well but the thing is is that she had this time away without the housewives and without a housewives check and without that experience right right and then now she's being and she's been able to kind of just focus on surviving mm. and then now she's been plunged back into this and i don't think she knows how to handle being around these women who are going to ask her questions and make her answer to things. Yeah. And that's what's happening is she's being forced to face things that she does not want to face. That makes sense. And like that's he, why she fought the therapy. That's why she, yeah. It, like you get into like, especially when you've been on as long as she had been on housewives, yeah. you get into a routine sometimes. And it's like, if you are somebody that is so dependent, I think there's a lot of like the older school housewives that are like not just dependent on it for money, but also dependent on it for sort of like this is their life now. Yeah, it's fulfilled me. This is what my fulfillment right looks like. You know, um, Duran is like, okay, Sonia, like, what's your deal breaker? Like, we'll address you. And Sonia goes, friends that aren't there for me, friends that judge me for dancing on tables with no underwear. I don't need that. Like, like, <laughs> and Luann's like, so people who are opportunists. She's like, yep, opportunists. And then, so then Kelly then starts to do hers, and then Sonia keeps interrupting, like, you already went, you already went. It's like, no, she didn't. <laughs> like, Jeez. she's like, I said opportunists, and like, it's it's just a fucking mess to the point. Then like, and and I feel like they were almost like, let's just do like literally anything else and transition off of this. Luann starts like playing around with like ice cubes because she's like hot or whatever, and then they all just start throwing fucking ice cubes at each other across the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah it's something um they are about to go back to the villa but before they do they're literally like as they're going to the van like finding guys and just being like hey you want to come to a party tonight the house like just grabbing anybody hey you have a dick come on <laughs> is, it thing, do they, is it really just a case of they want to like expand their ratio of like possibilities of like you know getting someone no, I think it's because they thrive on the attention. Sure. And if they're the only women at this party and everyone else is men, then they get all of their attention. They get men fighting over them and it makes them feel desired and it makes them feel sexy. And that's something that 
once you get to a certain age, society kind of writes you off as no no longer sexy. Yeah. No longer desirable, especially when you're divorced and you've been through as much as some of these women have been through. You just kind of want to feel sexy again. Yeah. So that's, I think that's what that is. Um, they come back to the villa. I love Ramona's talking to Kelly as they're going there. She goes, I'm kind of connected somehow to the spiritual life. I haven't tapped into it because I'm like, I'm like a little afraid to, but I'm connected. You know, the day that my mother died, she came to me in my death. Yeah. It's like crazy. Right. And then she turns and goes, hi, Martin. And she has like towels ready for them. <laughs> like. Oh my, I cannot, I, I, I'm I, so spiritual. Martin, where's my swimsuit? Where's my underwear? Oh, we'll get, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Kristen like, is like, I'm so drunk. And then starts to lay on the ground and like joke around with Martin. Martin goes to get her a towel and Ramona goes, Martin, I need my underwear and I need my watch. And Kristen's like, Martin, don't listen to her. Just like focus on me. Like, <laughs> like joking. But Ramona doesn't take it as joking for whatever reason. She goes, I need it now. I need to pack it. Seriously. Stop that bullshit now. No, you're flirting with all the beautiful girls i get it i need my stuff breeze bring it and it's like oh no like uh, here we go <laughs> it's like this is uh, this was uh, we didn't really focus a lot on ramona throughout the season i i said it to you when this whole scene was playing out i was like oh this is literally what ebony's talking about yeah. like, like we've seen on the show don't get me wrong like she's terrible to staff that's literally been like one of her character traits but it's like oh she's like doesn't like Hey, at least she didn't call anybody the help. I mean, sure, but like, notice how there were like no black people on the staff when like they were getting down, especially when they yeah. were getting down into like, because they eventually fucking get down into like video village, like and yeah. like she's like, yeah, Ramona's like because they were going in the laundry and they can't find him. Ramona's like, I gave you my bathing suit. Don't take my laundry if you can't be responsible. And starts crying on it. Like it's like it's a fucking bathing suit, like. Jesus Christ. And then, then then they have to go into the production area and she's like, Sylvia? I call her Sylvia. What is it? Stefania? Steph-. <laughs> it's because uh, the whole like Ebony like not know, talking about like her not knowing people's names and it's like probably so- Julie or something. Yeah, it's probably like Beth. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Ramona. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> Well, and then she started talking to this one. You know me. We've worked together forever. And the guy just like looks dead in the camera like, I don't know what she's talking about. Like, this about. is my first night on the job. <laughs> I've literally never worked this show before. <laughs> oh, my God. So then they bring over an astrologer to the house, which like at this point, if with the house Sonia was acting with the therapy, I would have canceled the fucking astrologer. <laughs> Or or locked her in her room. Yeah, exactly, or something. <laughs> You're not ruining our fun. <laughs> yeah. Give her some really... I mean, there's also, throughout this trip, but this episode, just give her some really complicated, like, outfit to get into. Because it takes what it feels like Sonya an hour later this episode to figure out this, like, strap in this, like, dress that's, like... It's it's not that complicated. No. Um, Dorinda finds Ramona's bathing suit and gives it to her. And then Ramona goes up to Martin and goes... I didn't mean to make you upset. I don't care if I ever got them again. I'm having the best time. I, we don't want to leave. Yeah, you clearly you clearly <laughs> didn't care if you ever got those back. Marm wants to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> he almost yeeted himself off those stairs. 
<laughs> yeah. Luann is trying to hurt these fucking cats and like fucking like it really felt like she was becoming like a school grade teacher. Like trying Yeah. She has the sage and she goes, Let's close her eyes for one second. Like like and Sonia goes, Are you the astrologer? Like like let's get the show on the road. And it's like, Oh my god, Sonia, calm down for two seconds. Jesus Christ. Um, some of the stuff from the astrologer, she says that, cause I guess they gave them like their birthdays and all that stuff. And so she get has like a report for all of them. She says Dorinda's the sexy devil, <laughs> which kind of, I bet Dorinda's a freak in the sheets. Which she kind of confirms in the confessional. She said there's an AM Dorinda and a PM Dorinda. And she like grabs her boobs and like points them to the camera. <laughs> I'm like, Oh God. The astrologer then gets to Kelly and Kristen and basically, I guess they're of the same or similar signs or whatever, and goes, either you're really best friends or you're really triggering each other. <laughs> and, and Kelly's like, yeah, right now it's like full trigger. <laughs> I love Kristen took it in such a positive direction of like, oh, we could be friends. And, and Kelly's just like, nah, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> she was, Kelly was over Kristen for some reason. Yeah. Um, Ramona dozes off like right before she gets hers, which is like a callback to the reunion where she fucking I mean, falls asleep. Well, and then she gets woken up and then lays back down and falls asleep again. Oh God. She's fucking terrible. She's really a terrible human being. Um, but the astrologer mentions like the word diplomacy in terms of Ramona's fucking bio and like the way they're like cracking up and Ramona goes, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Not perfect. I'm an I'm a new me, new Ramona. <laughs> Look, my mother always described diplomacy as the ability to let other people have your way. Okay. So that seems to Th- be that like that is Ramona. correct. Now, if you were just like a fucking bulldozer the whole time, <laughs> that counts. I could definitely let you have my way. Yeah, simple. That's that's Ramona. <laughs> Okay, so then they all get ready for disco night. They have all the uh, party stuff set up. Martin's in, like, this giant, like, orange afro. Oh, my fucking God, Dorinda's luck for this party. Jesus Christ. The way she comes to the confessional, like, hi. And it's, like, thigh-high pink boots. This, like, sequin, not, you know, like, a, you know those paillettes? Like uh-huh. A paillette, like, slip dress. With, like, a furry coat that has, like, lights on it. And, like, bright red lipstick. And it, and she has the fucking bubble gun. That's like, it looked like disco on acid. So, disco. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, like, it was a lot. It was definitely edging more 80s disco than it was 70s disco. But like, yeah. Yeah. Dorinda loved it. And that's all that matters. Yeah, honestly. Um, they all sit down for dinner uh, beforehand and uh, start to talking. The topic of the pirate comes up because it's obviously the last day of the trip. And Luanne's like, oh, my God. Like, the pirates called me like 9,000 times before. Let, let me call the pirate. And so they FaceTime the pirate, Tomas. And he's just in like a – he's a businessman who's in like a suit with like short hair. He doesn't have the long hair anymore. And shaved. Fully shaved. Does not look like the same person. I, I swear they just picked some random person to play this man. Yeah. Luann says our commercial. He looks like he works at Morgan Stanley instead of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Honestly. It's uh, – yeah. Oh, my God. And so they're just talk- – like Luann's showing him to everybody. Uh, and she's like, yeah, we're in the same uh, residence when, when we were last time in St. Bart's. Tomas goes – are you still in the same bedroom? And they're all like, oh, because he asked it like twice. And it's like, 
oh, how would you know what bedroom you were in, fucking Luann? And Luann's like, that's because we went on the balcony and had drinks and we had a long talk. And it's like, fuck off. Like, you fucked that man down. <laughs> and then Sonia did the next night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dorinda asks, like, what did you, she, she phrases it as the highs, the lows, and the ha-has. <laughs> Which, like, yeah. Um, Dorinda and Kelly both agree that their low was not was there arguing and sort of not getting to a uh, a play, better place like they are now. Um, Kristen says her low was getting off of the wrong foot with Kelly. And she like says like, I think it was just like miscommunication. And like, I think we understand each other a little bit more now. Kelly just nods. She doesn't say yes. <laughs> she just kind of like, mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Kristen, Erica, Vajal was just like, I give up. It's fine. Whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to try um, Ramona and Sonia celebrate how much they like bonded together again and like, you know, how Ramona like values the friendship with Sonia more now than before. And like Sonia's like, you know, I'm going to take Lou's advice. I'm going to reach out and I'll give a phone call every once in a while. I won't go, you know, off radar and stuff like that. Um, I hope so. Cause some people need to check on Sonia. I feel <laughs> honestly wellness check. Yeah. Um, they finish up the dinner though. And then the guests start arriving and like the, uh, yeah. Sonia, so Sonia and Ramona go back in their rooms to like change as like as the guests are arriving, and but then Sonia's going off about like you know they need to get everyone here needs to get like laid because they're not going to get laid when we get home. She's like I'm. She literally says I have a I have plans to get laid tomorrow. Like she's like I already have it scheduled, and she I guess she had she says her confessional she has like multiple options. For when she gets back to New York, she has a 76-year-old. She has this one she calls, like, the sports guy. She says she has a one that's, like, a Viking with, like, a long beard or whatever. Like, Jesus Christ. What? What are, I, I mean, is this, like, the toaster oven and the jewelry line and the fun? Uh-huh. Like, it's like, do these men exist? Or are these just the men you're thinking of while you're using your toys? Yeah. Which is fine. But Sonya's bragging about it. It's like, they don't have a sure thing for the next month. And Ramona goes, well, they can just use their hand. <laughs> it's like again Ramona of course you talk about sex like stop playing dumb and Sonya goes why not use a vibrator Ramona goes I don't like vibrators <laughs> uh, and Sonya says that they're like party favors nowadays I I feel like maybe Ramona doesn't like them because hasn't Ramona like complained in the past about having like bad wrists and hands and whatnot <laughs> Because it can hurt your hands using that, she like with os- the vibrations. Osteoporosis, fucking, like, not osteoporosis. What am I thinking? Um, arthritis. Arthritis, yeah. <laughs> that, that will fuck up someone's game. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they're all uh, partying. I love it because Kristen talks about, like, being, uh, like, weird being the only one that's actually, like, with somebody in, like, the group. And so she's clearly dancing with the one clearly gay guy like so yeah. obviously gay like fucking like mesh shirts like fucking like it's, it's doesn't so, he at one point put on dorinda's yeah high high boots dorinda loses her boots at one point and he just has them on and just like strutting at one point it's like bitch work <laughs> yeah dorinda says like the bubbles have like done something to me and dorinda is like hiking up her dress she gets in the pool like with her dress and the way she is like grinding and dancing it was like someone with experience it wasn't some like oh yours is like this is pm dorinda (laughs) yeah she had like rhythm and like hip motion that was like 
scary. <laughs> well, and it's just like her like wide-eyed smile the whole time when she's doing it. It's she, like she looked like that shark off of fucking Finding Nemo. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was that smile. It well, was like she is on the prowl. It was like the redux of remember the meme of that was going out around from that one BravoCon where like they had I guess for like the Bravo celebrities like a um like a video booth thing where you could just like pose in it and like they would put like music over the top yes. and the way Dorinda's like swinging and like fucking like yes I remember that <laughs> like Cheshire grin on her face um they're all just partying Luann and Manu are then like flirting though by the pool and Manu literally is like when you guys come back and Luann's like maybe like February <laughs> like <laughs> Like, very intimately, they all, like, jump in the pool, and, like, Dorinda loses her, like, chicken cutlets, and, like, places... <laughs> it it really felt like... And it, and it was so interesting, because these the men were definitely, like, in their... Th- at the very least, their 30s. Like, so they were definitely a good bit younger. But there was a... Like you were saying, there was, like, a youthfulness to at least Luann and Dorinda. Like, yeah. they, they had... The, like, you wouldn't tell, like, their age by how they were sort of operating. Yeah. And some people find that cringy. But I don't... I don't. I don't. I, don't. I find it endearing. Yeah. Like you said, you can do it at any age, and it doesn't yeah. mean, you know, anything. Um, so it's just a big party. Everything's going well. We cut, uh, then to the next morning, they're all in the vans going to the airport. And then this was an amazing ending. Kelly is like looking at Luann, like smiling, like scrolling through her phone. And Kelly's like, why do you have like a smile on your face? And Luann goes, I had a party in my room. <laughs> and they're like, with who? Like what? Like, why don't we know? Why don't we know about this? And I love when they're all like theorizing in their confessionals, like who it could be. They're like, maybe it was this person. It was the guy with the white shirt, blah, 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 blah. And Luann's like, I don't kiss and tell. And then we do a flashback. And I love this. It's the perfect end of the season. Flashback to like 3 a.m. Manu goes to Luann's room, like to give her her hat or something like that. And she's like, and she's like, notices him. They then see Luann taking a towel to cover the fucking like cameras that are like built into the house or whatever. Uh-huh. So they don't see anything, but then it gets to like four fifteen or whatever at night, the the camera moves. So it knocks the towel off. And then we see Manu walk out of her fucking bungalow, butt ass naked. And then he shows around and they do not blur his ass. They blur Holy nothing. shit. And it was, that thing was thangin'. <laughs> Oh my god. It was that was the I mean that was the best catch. Luann won. She really won at yeah. the end of the day. <laughs> Luann won. Yeah. <laughs> That's the conclusion of Ultimate Girl Strip. Luann won. Um yeah, like we said, I really love this season. I thought it was fun, light shit that was just like, you know, entertaining. Great to see these faces again that we were missing for a good while. Um, whether they move into an actual series or not, what what the future holds for it, I think there's value for the, all these characters. I would say on Bravo. Oh yeah, going well, forward. I liked Kelly this episode, <laughs> and I, I Kelly would Ramona. be fun. Oh, well, and honestly, oh, yeah, yeah, Ramona's done. <laughs> Ramona's done, and I honestly think, as much as I have loved her in the past, I think, I think. Sonia needs help. Yeah. Before she's back on TV. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be like, she needs an intervention. Something. Yeah. A little something. Um, yeah, but that was ultimate girls trip. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of married to medicine. Don't go anywhere. Well, 
Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling name. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like, accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To a little more spicy. Like one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is NB. Let's head on over to Napa Valley where the wine trip turns muddy on Married to Medicine. Married to Medicine for this week. Uh, like we met, like you had mentioned before, there was a bit of a break in between because of the holidays. Like so, three full weeks. Like, yeah. goodness. And so it's good to get Married to Medicine back in the rotation and, and Definitely. back on our screens. I will note, I, I thought it was interesting, Quad is in the intro still. Yeah, that seems strange. I mean, I, I know, know we're going to see her at some point later, yeah. but... I, I think it's. I don't think we're getting like in depth scenes with her no, going forward. No. So. Well, and she says that she's only in quote unquote two more episodes, and that was when that was before she showed up on the wine trip. So right. I think she didn't realize that was going to be split into two episodes. So she was on two episodes there, plus showing up one more time at a party in the future. I'm not sure what that party is, but. That seems to be it yeah. for Quad. That seems to be a wrap on Quad. I think it'll be interesting once we get to the reunion because that's, I think, where a lot of this stuff's going to be hashed out. I mean, including the stuff that is <laughs> not even involving Quad because, oh, my God, that fucking Instagram live with Heavenly and Sweet Tea. Oh, my God. <laughs> where they literally almost killed each other. <laughs> like Killed each other via the Internet. <laughs> well, and the, the thing is, is that the Married to Medicine ladies are so good, especially Heavenly and now Phaedra are really good at hyping their show. Yes. They are really good at getting out there and making sure that they're doing lives every week, that they are promoting what's happening on the show, Yeah, all of that sort of thing. They're doing more promos on Instagram than Bravo does ever. Sure, that's a really good point. I would say save some of it for the reunion because, like, my God. Well, but also, it like, 
makes it makes me want to tune into the reunion. Sure. Because if there's more drama that's going to be caused in the interim, right? Then we're going to get even better reunion than we thought. Yeah, her like Sweetie making that comment about Heavenly's mom, which I thought was a little low. She Jesus. went to the Earth's crust with that uh, shit. She went below the Earth's crust. She went to the core, bitch. Yeah, and then her Heavenly dropping that quads talking to Greg, <laughs> like oh my, which God. quad is denying? By the way, she literally released a full statement denying it. I wouldn't believe that quad is talking to greg. i don't know why she would i can believe that greg would try to chat her up again i do not believe that quad would entertain that at all yeah um i do before we get into the episode i want to address you know we talk in the opening segment of every episode how if you've got questions anything like that yes. you can send us an email at a gay at gmail.com and one of our lovely listeners uh, decided to do just that after our last episode where we talked about married to medicine. And I want to address it because she called me in a little bit on some of the things that we talked about, um, specifically me on putting quad in the bottom and uh, of the week and like the way that we had talked about um, both, the Jackie stuff. both her and the Jackie stuff and all of that. And um, I just want to thank her for trusting us enough to handle this yeah. right we are two white people um both a mab um so we have quite a bit of privilege especially talking in a black space about a black show right, 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 right. um so she she first of all you know felt like it, that putting so much of this of the relationships falling apart on quad was a little bit victim blaming and i can see that sure right because at the end of the day quad was an abused woman did she fight back absolutely but i believe greg started that shit right 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 and she has every right to stand up for herself and fighting back and and um standing up for yourself is not the same as abuse it's just not um, so if that's how y'all read that as the listeners, I want to apologize for that because that is not, especially as someone who works in the domestic violence, sexual assault arena, I don't ever want to come off as victim blaming. And as a survivor myself, I don't, that's never my intention. Right, right, right. So, um, I, I want to apologize for that. And especially quad, if you're listening, which I doubt, but you know, if you, you are, know. I want to apologize directly to you. You didn't deserve that, right? You deserved better um, because we have seen all of this unfold. Like we know all of the information. It just wasn't at the forefront of mind. So I apologize for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was also sick that week, but that's not an excuse. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, she also um, talked about the stuff with Dr. Jackie. And I think more has developed since we talked about dr jackie before yeah and i want to put also to put slightly in the context too and it's not and like you said like not an excuse um the, when jackie had released like that first statement that sort of like the written statement of stuff where right. she kind of said stuff from the live was taken out of context and stuff like that she had actually like released that like maybe like an hour before we actually went and recorded that podcast like it was right very quick and that's not to say like now that we've seen sort of like more information come out about that and like more perspectives on it. I I do. I think Jackie has a lot to answer to in terms of the reunion. Absolutely. She did release a, a verbal statement where she was more apologetic, but I think like, again, 
diving more deeper into the details of it, I think needs to be done. Right. Absolutely. Um, and you know, our listener that emailed in likened it to, it's like, look, there's already a distrust of black Americans to the medical community anyway, because of, you know, like the Tuskegee experiments and all of the things, you know, there's a lot of racism in the medical community and simply being a black doctor does not absolve you of that training. Right. Um, and she likened it to when there are black police officers that still uphold the white supremacy that police, that the police industrial complex, you know, upholds, like they are still, trained in anti-black racial profiling, all of that stuff, you know? So, and they still perpetuate that harm. And so Dr. Jackie, as someone who has vocally advocated for black women's health, for someone to then go in and experience that from Dr. Jackie would then make it even worse, right? It's even worse than a white doctor doing that because you expect better. Um, And so that makes those wounds deeper and harder to heal. And it, it's not just Dr. Jackie that also then brings every black doctor into question because you're like, well, last time I trusted Dr. Jackie and she actively says that she's against what she's doing. Right. And I also didn't know a lot of the stuff that was also coming out about like um, her selectivity in terms of her patients that a lot of people were talking about that she only caters to certain people in certain tax brackets and, you know, celebrity. Like we've heard from the Braxtons, how she has cared for each one of them during their um, pregnancies, but they're famous. And so their experience is going to be different than someone who is than more, someone who's just an everyday person from Atlanta. Yeah. So I, I just I appreciate uh and that listener's name is give me a moment. And and it was very also like like called us out, but like in a way that was also very like well worded and like um I, I could tell the we love I personally really love like hearing different opinions too. So feel free like yes. if you're listening to us and you don't agree with something that we're saying for whatever reason, like obviously doing it in a very in a respectful manner. Um, but like, you know, I, I'm always open to sort of like being wrong and sort of like, you know, right learning more. Uh and that is from Miss Crisable, and I am just I'm really grateful to you for pointing that out because again, especially with the stuff around quad I don't want to be doing harm on this platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the furthest thing of the point of this podcast. Um, so for that, I apologize. That was specifically my thing with quad, like uh, f- completely apologize for that. So um, 100%, if you've got something to call us in or honestly, if you need to call us out for something and post it on Twitter, like do it because yeah. if we've caused harm, we we need to be called out. Yeah, 100%. and that, that's perfectly fine. And that's why I decided instead of just emailing her back because she emailed me like two weeks ago. Yeah, um, we haven't gotten to talk about it on the podcast because of the break. But we haven't like gotten to talk talk about it here. And I thought since we initially spoke about those things here, I'm going to apologize for it here. Yeah. Because, you know, you do wrong public, you need to do right public. Yeah. So, 
that is me taking accountability. That is us taking accountability Same, yeah. for not always hitting it right. And we're going to try to do better in the future. Yeah. So this episode of Married to Medicine. Yeah. So let's dive into the episode. So there's still in Sonoma, um, waking up the next morning and Heavenly and Jackie um, are having breakfast with each other. Uh, Heavenly talks about, you know, yeah, this weekend went okay. <laughs> y'all put some, She says, y'all put some people off of the island, which I love that she's like, y'all did that. Okay, Heavenly, as if you were involved. <laughs> right. Jackie goes, I mean, they kind of voted themselves off of the island uh, in terms of that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I feel like this, I wonder, I wonder how much they're going to dwell on the quad shit the rest of the season in terms of like bringing it up. It seems, I feel like they kind of at least make it a pinpoint at the end of this episode. And then, I mean, if quad shows up, they're going to pick it up and whatever. But like, I don't think, I think, I hope it's not harped on. Some people are thinking like that quads absence is really going to deter the show. And I think like the best way to counter that is just to continue doing the show as is and, right. and operate. Um, You'll so deal with the shit at the reunion. I, I honestly think we should have, if they end up doing the Atlanta shakeup, bring in quad. Yeah. Quad would be Which great on it. Could Atlanta. be happening. Cause you saw the news or, or it's not news, but people are linking stuff together that we might have actually taken down Eric. Oh yeah. Cause he's, he's like got, He's, um, he like posted on his, I think like his LinkedIn or something, yeah. like something he's looking for a new job or something. Dear God, I hope so. Dear fuck. I think really after, I mean, here's the thing, Atlanta being what it was, I think the way the Potomac is now, this it's season, just egregious. It's like now it's like, okay, like one's a coincidence. Two is like, we got to overhaul this shit. Yeah. Like, um, but if we could get quad and honestly, if we could also get Mariah, that'd be great too. Yeah. I want Mariah back on my screens. She's so fuck. She's so fucking good. Yeah. Ugh. Um, heavy heavenly's telling Jackie about Alora going to FAMU and she says she has to leave like at a certain point during the trip. Cause she has to make it to Alora's graduation. Um, <laughs> I love heavenly in her confession because she's going to do well. The only thing they could fuck it up is, you know, getting pregnant, but Laura ain't no damn fool. And then they flash back to when Andy caught heavenly at the reunion about how she trapped uh Damon. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> heavenly goes, but if you come from the hood and you know, you're a man about to graduate and become a doctor, what do you need to do? Trap that dick. And then she goes, <laughs> cut all that. I'm just playing. <laughs> God. Yeah. I, <laughs> Heavenly, I, 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 I don't, I think Allura is a little more, um, put you know, together, put together in that regard. I don't, I don't see that happening. Uh, Jackie then meant, oh, I thought it was interesting. I, I really like Jackie and, um, Heavenly's friendship a lot. Cause she mentions like, you know, I, Jackie says she talked to Allura and was like, she says that she was the Olivia Pope of vaginas, and she's like, "Oh my god!" She understood like, you need to call me nine one one SOS, and then Heavenly goes, "I mean, that's not like my baby though." And Jackie goes, "That's what her mother tell. That's what every mother tells me that their daughter's not gonna like talk to that their daughter would tell them everything and not have to like need somebody else." But if I'm gonna call one of these three doctor ladies. And I got in trouble with something. I'm calling Jackie. One thousand percent. I'm not calling Heavenly. I'm sure as hell not calling Doctor Simone. Oh, you don't think? I think if it, I think if it was Simone's kid, she would be hard on. I think if it was someone else's kid, she wouldn't be that bad. Maybe, but yeah. you know what? Chew it out from Doctor Simone is the worst. Sure. Heavenly goes. You think she'll call you before she calls me? And Jackie goes, Yeah, because she knows how Mama overreacts. And it's like, 
accurate. Yeah, that's about right. Um, they all meet in Toya's room uh, to sort of get the lowdown of like going out for the day. Half of them are going on like a spa day, um, and then the other half are going on this like tuck tuck tour. So it, the which is the old, which I, I mean it is technically a tuck tuck. I always think of tuck tucks like outside of like I don't think of tuck tucks in terms of Napa Valley. I don't. I I I honestly. I can't think of what a tuk-tuk is. It's like you see them a lot in like Indian culture. Like you see them on like the streets of like, you know, they're like, oh. the, they're, they're like the little carts that like they're, they're like taxis. Oh, 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 that's what it's okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Heavenly didn't get it. Cause later she goes, I thought we were doing a different time of tuck. And I was like, what? I, were we doing a drag queen tour? That's the only tucking I can think of. Unless you, like, you were going to get spanks? I don't know. Like, what? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. And then so Sweet Tea then decides to pop the champagne that's in the room. And she, like, the way she... People said it was aggressive, the way she was just, like, manhandling that thing. And then Simone going, I hope you're not that rough with Gregory's penis. <laughs> she really did. She squeezed the bottom of the cork and this... Like, it just started foaming in her hand. It's like, girl, this is pornographic. <laughs> I don't need this. Yeah. Toya breaks down, like, who's going to what thing. Uh, Toya tells Sweet Tea, like, look, you're on your period, so you can't get in the mud. Which I... That was kind of a shady thing to say with, like, what... The, like, how the episode ends. Like, it's... Oh, man. Yeah. I didn't even connect there, those things. Well, there was so much... Well, I, and it's probably, like, post-editing, too, because when you know how storylines are going to progress, like, producers will, like, put the stuff in more and right. emphasize it. But it was like, oh, God. <laughs> I love Jackie going, like, we're on our periods, too, me and Heavenly. <laughs> like, we're not going to the <laughs> Um, oh my god, Phaedra's late getting to the car, but then when she gets to the car, she's like, Yeah, sorry, like I had diarrhea. She said, The way my booty hurt, I felt like I had a resurrection myself. <laughs> but then it's like, and then you're going to the mud place, like. Isn't she the one that said it smelled like diarrhea when well, they got there? Yeah, and she was like, I'll be fine. I'm like, I, I don't think you will, like. What? Okay. Maybe she was getting in the mud so that if she shot herself, nobody would notice. Yeah. Well, maybe Well, maybe Phaedra was just late for another reason, and she lies about everything anyway, so it's fine. That's fair. Um, they arrive uh, and to the spa, and, like, half of them are doing, like, mud, and half of them are doing, like, mineral baths or whatever. Simone says it smells like cow manure, and Phaedra has to tell the woman... I'm just very cautious about what I let into my vagina and it stinks like so bad. And they're like, you're, it's not going to get into you. You're wearing a swimsuit. Like, yeah, it's like, calm down. Uh, Phaedra goes into detail in her professional. She goes, my vagina has to smell like peach pie. It smells delicious. It tastes delicious. Not that I taste it. It's just, that's what I'm told. I'm like, this is why I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> This is why I'm straight. Um, yeah. So the other women. Uh, oh. This is why you're straight. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I mean. I'm in my world. I am straight because in this is normal in my world. Whatever. You guys are the weird ones. <laughs> Anyways, they arrive. <laughs> The other ladies are in the tuk-tuk, and they arrive at the... This... Uh, can I say, this poor white lady that was driving the tuk-tuk, who, like, was... I only say that because she was very corny as fuck. Literally, they arrive at the for their lunch, and she goes, Hippity hop out, ladies. I'm sorry, what now? Like, Heavenly should have read her ass down about, like, what the hell are you saying? 
that that is some that is some stuff. Yeah. Um, they, they're eating and heavenly, they have like charcuterie heavenly. It's like, this is a cute little charcuterie board. And sweet tea tries to like get, like make a joke. And she's like, I used to call this a coochie board. And Jackie goes, coochie board. No, this ain't no coochie board. Don't mess up our peaceful spot. And I think Jackie was joking too, but it was kind of, I do think like, here's a question. And sweet tea kind of like says why and i don't know if i necessarily agree as to this being the why but like do you think sweet tea fits in this group i'm not sure yet because there is i mean i think she's trying i think yeah i think she's trying i just think it's weird when no i don't think she does (laughs) i i think that she is far and Far enough in age away from the rest of the women in this group. So and you, not all of them. Like, because, like, um, both Toya and Alicia are younger yeah. than a, the other ladies. So, and the other ladies aren't that old. So, it's like. Because even, like, Contessa was, like, relatively young. Yeah, I'd say she was, working. like, maybe, like, 40. Yeah. And I'd say, like, 40s is where. Alicia and Toya are, and then like you've got Simone is probably in her fifties. Um, I think Jackie maybe has hit sixty at this point. Yeah, probably. Um, Heavenly's probably in her fifties. So, I mean, it's not that old in comparison to like Sweet Tea is younger than me. I think right. She's like thirty two. Yeah, and I think cool because Sweetie does say it's like an she's a, she says in her confessional she's like I mean like I'm a millennial and these ladies are way out of touch they they're down near my grandmama's age I mean we're black women we got vaginas and other than that we don't have anything in common I respect them as if they're like gentle old ladies and I'm like okay you're kind of making digs a little bit first off but to me it's like I feel like I could bond with like a Jackie or a you know like a Heavenly and yeah. stuff like that and I'm thirty well. I, I'm a weird situation because my best friends growing up were my grandmother's best friends. Right, right, right. So, like, I'm, like, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, best friends with, you know, 70, 80-year-old biddies. And, you know, we're sitting around playing dominoes and cards all the time. Like, yeah. that's what I grew up with. So, like... I think it just has weighted more to do with Sweet Tea being, a, I feel very timid in certain regards. Like, I think, I wonder if her, her military background, like has a certain thing to do with it where she's not like the most like, like outward personality, so to speak. I feel like that's more the case because you have so many outward personalities in the cast. Yeah. I think I, but I mean, like, I mean, like I said, she was very outward on that live with heavenly. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it can be brought out. Well, but but I also think that the live, with heavenly is also after filming the whole season. It's also sure after having, you know, exposure and she, has a lot to- of, she has a lot of pressure on her. Like not to like say, like I I'm stand with quad in terms of like the kind of fucked upness of having her on the show. But I also understand the pressure. It's not her fault. And like she, there is a pressure of like, I am going to be looked at and scrutinized probably a much more certain way because I'm married to G coming on quad show. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's, like, in the back of her head. Yeah, probably. Um, we then see Cecil is having Eugene over to the house. 
um, for cigars. And we kind of go back and forth between this and then also the ladies uh, relaxing after their spa day. Um, Simone uh, is asking Alicia about Kema, uh, her husband, like, you know, how is he handling things with the kids? And Alicia's like, yeah, he told me like, he has like a newfound appreciation for me. And they see, and they cut back to her, like on the phone with him, basically like flipping out because the kids are just like crazy or whatever. And so now we get kind of more details into like, their dynamic at least how it's like being perceived um eugene says that kem is a funny dude and then they flash back to the, from the guy's night and he's telling this story about how he was telling alicia like you know at one point like yeah i'm actually working and you're like at home with the kids because he doesn't view that as work basically like i bet he views it different now huh yeah and he's like you should be happy you know etc and it's like yeah there's all this discussion about Kemma's like sort of stereo not stereotypical but like sort of more traditional yeah um understanding they link that to his culture which i think is i don't know enough about him to where like yeah. that could be a part of it um but yeah it's like i did i didn't really love well not not that i didn't love i cringed slightly when simone was talking about erica freshel of like Kemma's from zamumbe or whatever the fuck like you know it's like he's like it's not coming to america he's already here she says something to that effect and it's like it's like wow okay i mean but like maybe it is informed from that like alicia talks about how her perspective of like being self-sufficient as a woman was informed by her mother being a single mother. Right. And so that's like, so I don't, maybe we don't know enough about Kemma to where like, maybe that is informing it, but I just, yeah, I kind of was just like, okay, you can say that Simone. I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I did find it interesting. The difference between Cecil's point of view on this and Eugene's okay. in this conversation, because Eugene is definitely approaching this from the viewpoint of, yeah, that's fucked up. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. And Cecil was definitely approaching that from, yeah, that viewpoint will get you in trouble. Yeah, he's like, I couldn't do that with Simone. And right, it's like, as opposed to you shouldn't do that with Simone because that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it was very much, this will get you in trouble, not this is the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, Eugene says, "You're to see." So he goes, "You're about to be around some real strong, opinionated women." He hasn't been around Toya or Simone, and they're not the type. If he were to say something like that, to back down, which I also think that, like, I also appreciate that, like, he has to be prepared that our wives are going to call him out to his fucking face, uh -huh. and, I, and I believe that, like, oh, one hundred percent. And Eugene's like, "I'm not doing anything to stop it." <laughs> like, sorry, <laughs> like. Which is interesting considering what Toya says later. Yeah. About needing a man. Well, yeah, she said something about like, because Alicia's like, you know, you know, I know that's one of the things my mom taught me was I don't need a man. And Toya goes, but you know, as an adult woman, you definitely do. And she goes, at least, you know, not all the time, but you definitely need it. Toya says this. And it's like. I don't think any, I think, no, you don't need, you should want to have a partner. Like that's the. I think she's just saying you need someone else because life is very lonely if you don't have someone to do it with. And that role can be filled by a lot of different people. It doesn't necessarily have to be a male partner. Yeah. That may not be what Toya was saying, but that's how I'm choosing to interpret it. Right. Um, the guys then recall like when he had, I guess at the, at Sweet Tea's cowgirl, um, like 
bachelorette party or whatever, uh-huh. when he she came in be, being like, I'm ready to leave. And he's like, I'm having conversation with the guys, which I don't think they made it seem. I felt they made it seem much bigger than it was. Yeah, they made it seem like he was like, leave, woman. I'm yeah. speaking to not, the men. Yeah, not until I command you. But like he was very, I, he was just like, I'm going to finish this conversation. Yeah, I was like, that's a very different connotation. <laughs> yeah. Eugene says in the confessional, I think this dude is, and then he pauses, he goes, it's kind of barbaric, which I was like, again, I don't love that word. Uh, and Toya goes, I mean, it's delusional unless you're Alicia. And I'm like, I I feel like this is apparently going to like come up a lot in the second half of the season. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. Is his viewpoint acceptable to most people? No. Right. If it works for him and Alicia, fine. I don't think it does, though. That's where well, I have an issue. Yeah, clearly not, because she's, like, wanting to find that balance more. Right. So the only issue I have is, does it work for Alicia? No? Then let's evolve that. Yeah. Otherwise, do what works for you. Yeah, I agree. Um, they asked Phaedra if she wants to ever get married again. Phaedra goes... Not really. You know, I don't think that you have to, like, put a name on something. And with, like, high-income people, like, it's too dangerous. I'm like, that. I don't know about the high-income thing. That That's kind of a weird way to, like... I mean, I get, like, prenups are a thing. So, like, that prevents that or should prevent that to a certain extent. But it's, like, I don't know why that part of it is coming into your mind. I mean, I don't think she pays, like, spousal support or alimony or anything. Right. I not that I remember. I believe Apollo's paying her. There's I, no way he had more money than she did when they got divorced. You don't think? No, all of his was fraudulent and most likely. Oh uh, well, yeah. Like he had no. Like part of the the uh, argument was that he was being given an allowance and told not to spend uh, over that. You're right, right, right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. He was broke as fuck, and he was doing scammy shit on the side. You know, the government seized all that money. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Simone then says Simone kind of is a little not intense, but like. Um, firm with this she goes i mean like the boys are gonna grow up and leave you and phaedra goes that's fine i'm not lonely and Simone goes you're not lonely right now because you're busy yeah you're, you're not which i think i do think is a fair st- you can't just simply be like yeah i do think it does feel like phaedra definitely doesn't have a plan going forward yeah. in terms of like the rest of her life i do think that phaedra um has always been a bit naive yeah she has that element to her where um, it's like where it's just like i choose to see the world with rose colored glasses no i'm only seven months pregnant um <laughs> they can take the baby out whenever <laughs> shut like, up that's so stupid sorry i prefer my babies a little undercooked yeah. you know it's it's fine um <laughs> she's a little delulu on a, on a couple things and i think that that's a part of her charm on tv but also like girl at a certain point you're gonna be in that big house by yourself right and i'm not saying that you need a man to fill that role but you need someone that you are close to and that you are emotionally intimate with because we don't really even see like distant family right or like anything beyond like what her experience in the friend group and if she is dating someone right i need to see you develop a friendship that 
I know will carry you in. Because, I, again, I don't think you need to be married. I don't think that, no, that role needs not. to be filled by a man or a romantic partner. If you've got a best friend that could hold you down, that's enough. That's good. You just need emotional intimacy and partnership, like, on a platonic level yeah. to carry you through your golden years. Yeah. Toya then asked, what do you tell the boys? Hap- what did you tell the boys happened between you and the dad? And Phaedra goes, I mean, they read, they know, which I was like, Oh God, I hope that like, I hope you sat de- them down and talked to them about it first. I I mean, I get that. Like that's the nature of the internet, but those boys were, were, were still young enough to where like that. Yeah. I mean, they knew he was in prison. Because well, we saw clearly. we saw them doing like visits at a certain point, but it's like, yeah. Well, but I mean, she wasn't letting them visit for a long. Oh, that's time. right. It took like yeah, but but and he, it took Candy like convincing her to go do that, and then she turned her back on. Ooh, I'm mad about that all over again. <laughs> it just re-sticks that, <laughs> that wound in, yeah. Um, Phaedra says that she was in a really dark place during the divorce with Apollo, but she says that she wants my she wants my sons to know that their father and to know their father and make their own opinion of him. And she's like, "That's adulting. That's how you should operate." Which, yeah, that is, yeah, that mindset I totally agree with. Yes. I just think some of the other stuff, yeah. Toya goes, Toya then goes, I usually answer questions before they get asked. And Phaedra goes, well, that's good for you and your household. And she told, I Toya's just like, you're right. I ain't got shit to say to that. Like, you checked me. Um, they head on out to eat. Um, I fucking love. So Toya basically gave them the prompt of like, so wear something like a color that will like represent like a wine of your choice. So people are in like reds and like whites and like, and you know, different stuff. Fucking Phaedra shows up in this like sparkly ass, like dress. She's like, are you sparkling wine? Like, what are you doing? But she likes Prosecco. This also, this also talked lends to what we were saying a while ago about like, it does feel like Phaedra's fashions are very like everyone's like nice casual dress for like a dinner and Phaedra is like dolled the fuck out. I yeah. feel she's like a bitch. I'm showing up and I'm showing out. Yeah. Um, Simone orders a cocktail cause she's over the wine at this. She's like, I'm, I'm not a wine girl. Like give me a cocktail. And even Toya orders a skinny margarita. And she's like, <laughs> bitch, like <laughs> this is your trip about wine. Whatever. Um, so Jackie, they're talking about the trip and how fun it was. This was awkward. Jackie brings up the conversation with vice president Harris that she had and sweet tea brings up her experience. She's like, yeah, like I think like a lot of black women are dismissed. You know, I remember crying in my doctor's office and all this pain. And she was like, you know, this is just something that you have to deal with. So I'm really happy like being around you guys and being around doctors who, you know, Oof. Yeah. Not not only with all the Jackie allegations that have come out, but also then to find out that her doctor had dismissed her pain when when she now, like, now we find out that she has endometriosis. Yeah. That's that's really fucking sad. And, like, god damn. It's, it's, sucks. It's, it's such a scourge on society and people need to wake the fuck up. Um, Jackie talks about the topic of like surrogacy comes up. Mm-hmm. I don't like about as an option. And Simone's like telling Jackie, like, tell us like what the process is like. Um, she does say Jackie then brings up casually. Some families do request that, you know, there is no sexual intercourse during the pregnancy. And Toya goes, absolutely. You better put no sperm on top of my little one's head. <laughs> And then fucking Toya elaborates and says that, like, when she was pregnant, like, Eugene would, like, 
have sex with me because I, like, I needed it. Like, he would, you know, et cetera. But he was like, I feel like I'm nutting on my kid's head. And we were both like, ah. <laughs> was he, like, imagining a ho-ho? Like, with the little white spiral? Oh, stop, stop. <laughs> no. I could barely get over the graphicness of her saying that. That's fucked up. Well, and then, and and then they're like they're talking about the confession. Jackie's like, he is a doctor. He knows that's not a thing. Stop it. And then Sweet Tea literally is like, it could be like for hair growth. And I'm like, no, stop it. We need to like this is not the image that like. There's literally a completely enclosed placenta that the child is within. Nothing going in, nothing going out except through the umbilical cord. That is how this works. Yeah. That was the last thing I thought I would hear on this show. Genuinely. It was, I, you know, people say stuff for shock value, but like that was, (laughs) Uh, Jackie then says, so, you know, do we feel good about everything that we did this weekend? And everyone's kind of like quiet because there's like quad stuff and toys just like, I have no regrets. <laughs> Tori's like, I'm good. Like, like, aren't we happy? Like, I guess Simone's like, I think, you know, the writing was on the wall. Like it's been on the wall for quite some time now. And Jackie's like, you can't just keep like attacking people and not expecting things to change. And then Jackie talks in her confessional about like accountability being like a very big key to like a friendship. And I was just like, that also doesn't, I get that it's about friendship, but like talking about accountability also doesn't play well with like what's happening with Jackie. Absolutely not. Oh Lord. Anyways, um, they all go back to Atlanta. Um, the next scene we see, uh, Toya is uh, asking Eugene at their house to like help her with like her tracks to like, um, get them cut out or whatever. I love Eugene puts on the full fucking flashlight headband. Like he's in fucking surgery. He's like, it is a procedure. Like, you know, she's like, you're cutting stitches. It's not a procedure. He's like, that's literally a procedure. Yeah. <laughs> Eugene jokes. He's like, technically this counts as a date. Like this is, you know, intimate, you know? And then he jokes later. He's like the second date should be like her manscaping him or whatever. They, again, we said it before. I love their relationship. I actually think they're very yeah. charming together. Um, Toya talks about how they're in kind of like this new phase, like where they're sort of like rediscovering each other and like getting to know each other again and trying to find that sort of like, you know, fiery spark, so yeah. to speak from like years past. Um, and, which I think they're funny. Cause I think th- you can tell they like each other. Like it's one of those things where it's yeah. like, you know, there's a lightness, there's an ease to their interaction. Yeah. And it's like, you're going to have tough moments. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, if you clearly have a like and a respect for one another, mm-hmm. I think it helps with those hurdles so much. Yeah. And I think we, we definitely see that. Um, we then go over to Heavenly's house as she's getting ready for one of her like live stream uh, things. And Allure comes in um, and they talk. <laughs> Heavenly says, are you ready to go to college? Do you want me to come down and maybe like stay for like a week? And Allura goes, a week? Like, but you know Heavenly's going to be that, mo- that mother. I know we're going to get a scene that is basically the Vicky scene from OC where she brings the keg to the party. Oh, like, dear God. Oh, my God. Heavenly is, is Vicky. Heavenly holy is Vicky. Holy shit. In certain ways. Not in every way, but No, in not ways. in every way, but holy shit. Yeah. I wish we were, at least had OC on because... We definitely need to talk at some point about this whole stuff that's happening with the Trace Amigas because it is juicy as fuck. Well, like, and with the Alexis Bellino. Yeah, oh. that she, it's reported that she's been offered a contract. So. Uh-huh. And that she's 
literally like on the verge to being engaged to John. Jameson. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh my God. Don't tell me that. Like, cause she was just broke off an engagement in August before getting with him in November. But that's no, that's been and two then, months. And then they're just, yeah, it's, no, it's a lot. No, it's a lot. Anyway, married to medicine. <laughs> and also the, the fact that Shannon never got engaged to him for, no, that's gonna that's gonna break her. Uh, um, but they never knew each other. She has no allegiance to her. It's just so fucked up. I don't know. Like, yeah. Alora goes, I did want you know, I did want to talk to you about something that's been heavy on my mind. You know, you're gonna have more time to yourself, so I wanted to make sure I talked to you about you and your relationship with your sister. You were like, oh, okay, someone told her to say it. it felt a little like someone scene said this. But a I, little bit. But I actually, like, the more we thought about it, I'm like, you know, it probably is coming up naturally in, like, conversations. I'm sure Heavenly is a person to, like, normally bring that stuff up. I think if anyone in that household is emotionally intelligent enough to bring it up and ballsy enough to bring it up, it's Alora. Yeah. Heavenly's like, look, I'm 52 years old. And Laura goes, yeah, and you still have time. Like, and I, I love how blunt Alora was she was like i think that you your mom pinned y'all against each other you know that's a big issue but you can't talk to your mom about it now all you can talk to about it is, is with each other and that kind of shook heavenly you could tell it's just it's so like like she is literally the perfect blend of heavenly and damon yes like thousand percent like it's just it's a like it's a strange like pairing on paper, but when you literally like see it manifest itself in Alora, it's like, oh, this is good. Yeah, this is really good because it's the more destructive parts of Heavenly's personality are tempered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just reads as passion more than right, and it's just, oh, this is good. Yeah, she's she's gonna be like if she decides to be a doctor which she's talked about you know be majoring in biology holy shit yeah this girl's gonna be good yeah heavenly says that she'll reach out but i love Alora pushing and going call her right now i feel like she didn't think heavenly was going to i feel like she was gonna like put it off or whatever <laughs> i love how heavenly was just like okay yeah sure why not <laughs> it goes to voicemail but heavenly leaves a message it's awkward as fuck <laughs> Yeah, it, but yeah, and Heavenly's talked a lot about like the stuff with like her sister in the past, and like, yeah. op- open with that. I love Heavenly says her confessional. Look, I'm trying to be careful because my sister's real sensitive. She'll go off and be hollering and shit, and I'm like, that's you. <laughs> that's literally you. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, and then we end the episode and uh, this sad scene. So Sweet Tea is going to her gynecologist appointment be, be, to bring up some of the stuff that like Simone had talked about, about like, yeah, if you're having your period, you know, it's a, could be a problem. Um, they, she talks to the gynecologist and sort of like breaks down everything. She says she's changing like her pads, like every like three hours, which is like, she's like, that is not normal, obviously. Like, yeah. you know. Um, and then she shows her a chart and basically says that it's likely that you have endometriosis and you definitely also have fibroids and they're like large ones from what I was, from, from what she was describing. Um, and she's like, you'll, you'll probably need surgery. And there is about, she said there's about a 50% chance of women who have endometriosis, endometriosis that they can be infertile. And so this is like a big blow to Sweet Tea. And yeah. it's really sad. Like we joked about it in terms of, we joked about it in past episodes about like the, well, that's the reason she and G 
got together. Like, yeah. like, like she, the first thing she said she to him was... She hooked him with the potential of children. Yeah. Um, and that's superficial, but I do, I do genuinely feel like this hurts Sweetie a lot because she definitely wants to be a mother right. beyond, you know. Well, and I, I really hope, because I know that G, like they talk, they have like a conversation either here or in the preview for the next episode. She talk, she calls him on the phone after. Um, Where he's, you know, you know, talks about, you know, her health comes first and like, that's how they're going to handle this. And yeah. having children is neither here nor there. It's taking care of her. And I'm like, well, that's really nice to say, but this was a huge point of contention between you and Quad. Right. So, like, I don't trust how supportive you're being of Sweet Tea right now. I would hope it, who knows, maybe it can create an evolution in Greg. Maybe. In his mindset. Because it's one thing when Quad is, like, worried about having, like, is being trepidatious and, like, putting it off. Not right. to say that she she has every right to. It's her body. Right. But, like... It's one thing when that's happening versus then you're thrust into a situation where this person maybe can't have children. Right. And then that, like, yeah. Like, as difficult as this is for T to deal with, I just hope that she also is not going to have to deal with Greg becoming destructive again. 1,000%. Like, that's, yeah. It, it, like Because it, nobody deserves, well, nobody deserves any of this, but definitely she needs his support if she's going to get through this. Right. Like it's, it sounds like you said, it sounds very nice in the beginning. I just hope it stays that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was married to medicine for this week. Um, really good episode. I just love this cast and it's, it's a fun dynamic and it's a light show that like, well, not I, it's weird to say light show with that ending, but like it, it, it just really enjoyable overall. I really love this, this show and this cast. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We've got drag race. We've got ultimate girls trip. We've got married to medicine. What you thinking, babe? Uh, I'll start with my top for this week. Uh, I'm going to give it to Mirage over on uh, Drag Race. Who yeah. I just, I there was just something I instantly gravitated towards with her and like, like her aesthetic and her style of drag and sort of like how she performs. I'm really going to love. I think throughout this season, I think she's and she seems just really naturally funny and just sort of like um, chill and not put on in a way that yeah. I, I really do enjoy. Um, yeah, she was my big standout from the episode. Uh, for my bottom, I'm going to, unfortunately, it's not really a bottom of like, I hate this person or whatever. I was just more sad than anything. I'm going to give it to Sonia yeah. on girls trip only because it was sad to sort of like conclude the season with like a not so great view of her. And like, I, I never got the people who were like, yeah, Sonia's kind of like uh, uncomfortable to watch. I never found that about Sonia. I found her more funny than anything. And the last couple episodes, it was like, yeah, this is slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. And so... I, yeah, I think that needs to be worked on and sort of, you know, dealt with, hopefully, um, you know, I, it, is it probable? You know, who knows? But yeah, I, I would hope that Sonya can get to a better place where she can still be hilarious and fun and kooky, but like, yeah, still maybe a little bit more better adjusted. Um, yeah, so that's my tops and bottoms. Babe, what about you? Um, so I'm going to give my bottom to Dr. Jackie, not necessarily because of her performance on the episode, but all the shit that's been happening the last few weeks. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I just, I think if you're going to uphold yourself as a pillar of the community, you need to actually then support the community. What's the point of a pillar? Yeah. Is support. And if you're not actually giving support to that community and you're only giving lip service, that is a huge problem. 
uh, especially when you are on a platform like this, um, where it is one of the biggest, I'd, I'd say these, one of the, yeah, one of the top three black centric reality TV shows on, on TV right now. Yeah. And you're just seemingly only giving lip service. Like you're using this platform to make yourself look good and not actually, and you're a doctor. Like this is disappointing. Like I, I really, I want to believe so much better in her. And I think that maybe it's there. It's just maybe she's lost her way over the years. I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but it's at the end of the day, black women are being hurt. And that is a problem. Um, and my top is going to Manu in that ass. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's going to Luann for tapping Manu in that there ass. There you go. Um, <laughs> because, facto. Because honestly, and also um, a third top to whoever the camera operator was that knocked the tile, the tile oh, off the yeah, camera. Oh, that's yeah. The, that's the genius of this season. That is the hero. Like whoever you are, like, huh. Um, because dear God, like all of these single women, the, the four single women on this cast came into this show looking to get laid. And the only one who did is Luann. Luann still got it. Luann won ultimate girl strip. Luann won. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of a gay and his envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.